Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap. So I had to break it down The whole network, man, we coming for the crown Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just um, ready to talk about some wrestling, and uh, we a lot of you know stuff happened the last you know week or so. Exciting times in the wrestling world, and um, you know just looking around, it's just uh, I don't know. I feel like it's picking up. Yes, yeah, definitely doing that. Um, I mean, last night was Takeover, an excellent show. Um, I don't know where to put this, but and I'm not going to say what this means for the future because we've seen them have good takeover since then, and they still have weird stuff oh, all over cool. the show anyway. But as far as in the ring, a spectacular or a fantastic show, um, a show that will be in one of the best shows of the year, obviously. Uh, uh, what do you think of the show, Rich? Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, the wrestlers were working with like a it seems like they wanted to send a message of like you know this tv show has no momentum or whatever but like at the end of the day we're wrestlers and you can trust us to put on a good show like when we're matched with someone you know in the ring that's hungry like we are um i thought um the main event was great in particular i like the tag match a lot um the very end of the Gargano Kushida match, I was like, well, what the fuck? But I liked the match a lot overall. 
Um, the uh, I, I wrote down like some scattered notes uh, about the show. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's because I don't watch it every week or whatever, because and I'm not like used to her. But the NXT announcer is on my worst. Like she's completely on my nerves. Uh, she's just yelling and screaming at me the whole time. Da, 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 da. Like just, I'm like the ring announcer. Damn. Yes, the ring announcer. Just, just, just way too much. Take it down a bit, Miss. Um, but I, I'm sure she's being coached to uh, yell like that by uh, the game. So, um, but yeah, minor, minor complaint. Uh, That's very. I've never even. I didn't even know they had a. I didn't even know they had a nerve. women's. I didn't even know they had a woman's announcer. I had I had no idea. That is such a who gives a shit thing. I never thought about that person for a second. Bro, throughout <laughs> like the I want to say the first three matches, and then like when Mercedes Martinez like uh, interrupted her, I was like Mercedes Martinez is a god. Like because like while she was about to do all the entrances, uh, she jumped on um, I think with Eo. Eo or whatever, and I was like yes. I was like thank you. Cut her off, please. Um, I thought Zach Gibson's promo he he popped me. Uh, He's fucking hilarious. He, he really is. Um, Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, it was, I, I was shout out to um, MJ does PR on Discord. He said the team of Black Moon. Um, <laughs> Black Moon. Oh, <laughs> um, you know I with Shotzi is weird because it fluctuates for me with her whether I think she's actively like terrible and like dangerous in the ring and like just just does a bunch of dumb shit and the other times like oh okay she's cool and I thought she had a good match last night um I like Wes Lee uh who the former uh, I think it was Desmond Xavier I think he's super raw um his tagging partner seems like kind of a jag but um you know at least we got one <laughs> uh and the Grizzly Young Vets are awesome so yeah um so Start off with the first match, the uh, women's final for the uh, Dusty Cup. Um, so that's Rhea Gonzalez and not Rhea Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, they set up to do a lot of stuff this match, uh, and a lot of it was good, but also they missed shit. And that's like the thing with with a lot of Shotzi stuff is. The ambition is there, the want to is there, the toughness is there, all that stuff is there, but like she's very she's very spot 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 as opposed to, you know, being able to wrestle and transition and counter and all that kind of stuff and like that part is lacking. So like when stuff gets missed, it's like you feel like they're just like, Alright, well, never mind, just go back to just go to the next section of the of the choreography at points. Like not to not to say that it's like uh not to say that it's necessarily bad because everybody has you know their sections of the stuff uh, or whatever else, but um, it just it kind of just seems glint or it sticks out to me anyway. Um, but ultimately, uh, they had Ember there, they had Dakota there, they had Dakota there and Shotzi there to mer- you know die multiple times, <laughs> doing f- falls and splats. Hopefully, um, <laughs> she didn't like run into the announce table head first, like one of the dives I, that came across my timeline like, the, the one maybe, that, maybe a week or two ago 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there was one in this match where uh, she does a she does a dive through the ropes onto um, onto Dakota. She got her hands up this time, though. And no, but the thing is, like, she they landed short of the table, but the way Dakota fell backwards, when she fell, she was literally fell with like maybe like a foot foot and a half of space before her head in the table, and it was like. I don't know if she had the presence of mind to move herself to make sure she didn't get splatted or if it was by the grace of God that she didn't die. But luckily, she's still with us and didn't hurt herself. Um, But yeah, like improvement from the last one I saw. So (laughs) Um, but yeah, like ultimately, uh, the the whole match is is the setup that uh, is worked almost in reverse. Like you have the baby face on one side and then you have. Goliath with this with with David and and David is a heel here in Dakota Kai and the whole match setup were like the baby faces are isolating the weak link and like keep making sure this beast doesn't get out of the cage because the beast got the cage they'll lose so like they're they're doing a hot tag for the setup for Raquel the heel by beating up on the heel Dakota at times especially early on in the match. Um, and then, like, once they got Raquel in, then the match started to feel more natural or whatever else. But that was a story that is, like, one of those things where, you, just, you know, you watched WWE enough and then you see, like, you know, there's always the really babyface corner, the heel yeah. corner or whatever else. So then you see, like, the babyface and babyface corner trying to keep the heel from getting out in the heel corner. It, it's like, ah, uh, okay, whatever. But, um, but yeah, it was it was a fun match. Uh, I don't I don't like it as much as, as, as other people. Like, people are, I see, like, three and three quarters and I think it's like three and a half ish. Um mm-hmm. it made my uh my recommended match list at you know whatever but uh but yeah it just um it was I very good and at the end Raquel was just they Raquel they just made the whole thing about Raquel killing people so like and she accomplished that. So you know that that was the point of this whole thing. Um she wins the match and then uh by a huge um choke slam uh single arm power bomb on um on uh, Shotzi after after she had already like thrown um, Ember off of the uh, horizontal ramp th- onto one of those uh, like l- posts that's out there, um, so they win and Raquel in like uh, Dakota jumps into Raquel's arms like thank you for carrying me it made me look at, it made me think of like Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> uh, and the only thing I didn't like about the, the about the finish in the post match was that. I was halfway expecting once they got up there for Raquel to lift up that heavy ass trophy with one arm and then the other arm hold the coat up again. That's the only thing wow. that was missing. Like it's they are comically pushing this woman as the strongest woman in the world. So they may as well go over the top with it because I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, I, I gave it three and three quarters. Um, I thought they did a lot of shit, but I'm a fan of doing a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the of course there were sloppy sections, but yeah. I'm not going to dock them too much uh, on that. I thought they wanted to send a message. They were on first first ever women's Dusty Cup final, um, yeah. so uh, we, we kind of all saw this coming. We talked about it being a accolade for Raquel um, before she presumably gets the nod to go at EO next. Um, I don't know what happens with uh, Dakota, but um, yeah, we know where this is going. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they actually mentioned uh, on last week's show that the winner 
is going to get a title shot. Um, they didn't say when, but hopefully it will be after after uh, Shayna and Nia have transitions the the belts to another tag team because I don't want to see Nia back in NXT. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, NXT <laughs> like, legend. <laughs> you know, and then Shayna Baszler, you know, longest reigning, you know, champion. Oh no, back. no, Shayna, I welcome Shayna back with open arms. Nia, nah, nah, nah. It's a package deal, a, a duo. It's not team. transition the belts. <laughs> you know, she, she, you know, got to bring some of that my hold to NXT. You know. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So, uh, next match after that. North American title match, Johnny Gargano versus Kushida. Holy hell, I love this match. Oh my gosh. Like, just... This match is a match that, while watching, I thought to myself, I was waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, they did the story, they told you the story of how they got, you know, the way away from the ring, and so Johnny actually had to wrestle. Um, As they're walking backstage towards the entrance... Um, Loomis, the first thing Loomis has ever done well or good in fucking NXT, he chloroforms <laughs> Austin Theory and drags his ass off screen. And as they go and do the entrance, out here, right? And then they go and do the entrance. Well, that's Loomis's thing, kidnapping people. Lucky, he, look, uh, your boy Theory is lucky he's not in a trunk somewhere. Anyway, um, as they get to the ramp, Johnny sticks out to do his hand, fi- his high five hand thing with. Theory, he looks around, where is he? Indy and Candace are off to go find the carcass, the dead body. So, um I like that touch of, you know, they explain why his heaters aren't there to cheat for him. Um so then they proceed to, to wrestle and it's just all this excellent wrestling and transitioning and and limb work on the arm and trying to work and both of them are working over his arm and Johnny um Johnny had one of his all time segments last show. Uh, from a comedy perspective, um, doing this thing where they had a f- a fight backstage where Gargano threw the first punch, and then Kushida whooped his ass, and they had to pull people off of Kushida after he had single out his single out his arm. So he shows up last week in a wheelchair with a sling on his arm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Theory ends up uh, lifting Johnny, like holding him up, like you know, like Superman holding up Lois Lane, walking him to the stairs out the wheelchair, put him on the top uh, top turnbuckle, going back down, getting the wheelchair, put the wheelchair over the uh, the top rope, and then lifting Johnny, putting him back in there, and then like wow, they, and then commentary like uh. <laughs> uh Oh my God, uh, Wade, Barrett. Wade Barrett! I almost called him Bad News Bear. Wade Barrett points out is, is like, yes, like you know, you know, pain, this is reference pain from the arm, and he broke his arm, so a reference to his body that he's in a wheelchair. And she was, and he, and he didn't laugh. And so, but anyway, he cussed his whole thing, saying that like, I broke my arm in four places. I'm in such pain. They put up an X-ray, uh, and keep in mind he has it on his left arm or whatever else, a sling on his on his uh, left arm, and then like. The X-ray, which is clearly fake, says right arm on it or whatever else. Regal comes down, says, get the fuck out of here. Like, Kashida has a match with um, Theory. If you, if you don't want to defend your title at TakeOver, you can choose to either relinquish the title or let 
um, theory defended for you. He says, fine, I'll wrestle um, Kushida here. So, he is selling the arm to an extent, but overselling because he's a chicken shit heel. So, he, uh, so this match is just working over his arm left, left and right, left and right. So, and Johnny's trying to escape, and Johnny's left left handed. I'm gonna say left arm to Jesus. So Johnny has to do all this d- different stuff with his right arm to strike and and to hold and everything. It was it was just like really cool stuff. And then all of a sudden, like the last third, then you or last like forty percent of the match, then you get like the big stuff where they get out where you know, and it built like similar to a New Japan main event. And to be honest with you, like I wasn't expecting it to build like that, and I was always at, at parts of this match like waiting for the way to come and run in or whatever else so that was in the back of my mind this match and then it reached a point when they started to really go and i was like they're not coming and just i just sat back and enjoyed it and they just went nuts it was it was a fantastic match uh they this was this was johnny's best match since like the the, the uh um i want to say since the like the uh adam cole stuff from yeah, 2000, I, the summer 2019. I was going to say, this finally feels like he may have found out how to, um, or got the opportunity to do like a big match as a heel to where it felt like to the standard of uh, his previous, like his well-known big matches. Well, I would, uh, I would say, I would caveat that by saying I agree with you as far as if you want to throw in the qualifier of no crowd. I thought he struggled with no crowd. His match would just be very good or we have like four star matches but he wasn't having like the you know like the pe- like the like the, the stuff versus like uh Alistair Black at you know the first war games or the stuff with like uh Ricochet at uh Phoenix he wasn't having none of those as a, he wasn't having none of those as a heel yet this is his first yeah. one that's on that uh, that's of that ilk where he's like yeah we back <laughs> and it, yeah. you, you know you I didn't know if he was he could still do this. I thought this was maybe a thing where like the injuries have taken his toll, but you know he was in there the right opponent for him. Yeah, because um, she was wrestling in jeans, so we got to add Kushida to the uh, Survivor Series jeans team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who else on that team? Uh, the British Bulldog in 1999, <laughs> Lex Luger uh, wrestling in jeans, Diamond Dallas Page uh, in the jeans. Um, trying to think. I, if there's anybody else I think of uh, in the jeans, uh, I will go ahead and mention them. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the match too. I I liked it a whole lot. I think until commentary got in the way, uh, and then like seeing how the finish played out because like Kushida destroyed this nigga's arms. Like, and when they're pushing it, like this is a technical classic. This is a technical masterpiece. This is brilliance. Like, and it starts like thinking, okay. So you killed this man's arms and he immediately stood up and then did the DDT on the outside, then on the inside while his arms were destroyed. So it made me think about something I didn't necessarily even want to think about or whatever. Um, And I was like, well, I'm like, all right, whatever. But um, I I thought the wrestling match was great though. Like, but the, the, I didn't like the finish. Gotcha. Yeah. This was, This was just uh, a match that, like, I I had been waiting for for a long time. And to be quite honest, given the circumstances, this is probably as good as I could have imagined it being. Like, those two wrestling really long, wrestling super 
technical ground-based stuff at the very first half of this match, working over uh, body parts, and then, you know, doing their thing. Um, I, you know, with no crowd, I, I thought this is a match that was like, if it had been in front of crowd, it, it, this would have went off even better, especially like that last half. Like that back half was was tailor-made for a takeover crowd to lose their shit to. Um, I, I just... Um, I, I want to see them wrestle again. Like, I mean, he beat them clean and fair and square and clean as a sheet or whatever else, but I, I want to see them wrestle again eventually somewhere down the line. I don't know when or where, but, like, it's just uh, they, they they paired together as well as I thought they could have. They really did. Um, the next match is the uh, Dusty Miss Dusty Cup final. Um, MSK, I don't know what MSK stands for. Do you know what it stands for yet? I, I never believe, figured it out. I heard on commentary... Uh, must-see kids. Okay. MSK versus Grizzly Young Veterans. Um, yeah. Uh, during the beginning of the match, uh, or actually before the match, when uh, Gibson that, said that they were in uh, green... Sorry? Zach Gibson was fucking hilarious. Like, yes. I ought to, like yelled out loud laughing. Bruh, he did this every single pre-match, every single entrance to this tournament. Like, you give him the mic for like 60 seconds just let him just be an asshole he's fantastic at it um so he's i think he says some lines of they were wearing green pajamas which is you know you look at uh Wes- wesley's stuff and it's like it, it, it looks like some draws but <laughs> it looks like you know whatever um i mean i'm boxing that man fighting in that head for macho camacho uh yeah here, like where, where it ain't no split in the middle it's just the pant Right, you know? <laughs> like he either has to. I think he needs to. He has one tape fist. He needs to have both tape fists if he's gonna wear that gear because he looks like a boxer training. He he really does. He looks like he's in training camp somewhere. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, great match. They pulled out all the stops for this. Um, I I I don't think there was much pathos in the in the match, and they tried to make some up by saying that you know they had a sob story and then talked about um, Wesley having a, a death in the family. Um, recently but they, they pulled that out of thin air to try to get that like ultimately this match was this match was there to, to be the you know the indie tag teams classic special match or whatever else and I don't think it necessarily achieved that this was not like some match of the year contender or whatever else but it was a great match nonetheless I gave it a four, I gave it four and a quarter um, I can see the I case for four and a half I, I gave it four and a quarter as well yeah um, I thought now, as I mentioned, I, I think the white guy in MSK is kind of a jag. Um, I think he's better than the jag, but not much better. <laughs> I think he's I think he's flatly good. Yeah, uh, I, I think it would be very interesting uh, if Wesley, uh, if I have his name right, if he wrestled on the other show, he'd be getting dismissed as any type of like flipper, high flyer, no rhyme or reason wrestler. Like so, I think his his um reception is going to be interesting to watch the, the more he goes. I love it. Wait, say that again? Like, if he wrestled on the other show on Wednesday... If he was on AEW, what do you think would be the criticism? I think he would be getting hand wave as a nonsensical flip wrestler. Wesley? Uh, yes. Um, uh, I would strongly disagree with that. Like, I watched this... I mean, I watched this whole tournament and thought, like, he's damn good. Damn good. Um, maybe even great. Um, and I thought that 
his tag partner is also good, and I thought that, you know, like, he's clearly the quote-unquote star of it, but as far as um, their talking ability, I, I need to know more, um, but, you know, they, they gave him this opening push to start off, so they're off to a good start. Yeah, um, I like Rizzo Young Guts in this match a lot. Yeah. Uh, I thought they had just lots of sit moves, like their, um, their doomsday device dive through the ropes thing. Oh yeah, that's the that's that's what they did to Tyler Bate and knock him out of that um, that first takeover match, take UK takeover match. Like, remember that whole match setup was like, Tyler Bate is fucking incredible. We must murder him, take him out of the match, and then beat Trent Seven. Like that yeah. they when they when they did that same spot, that's the first thing I thought it was like, oh, they took they took they took out Wesley the same way they took out Tyler Bate. Like, <laughs> they know who the alpha is. They um. Oddly, um, this kind of reminded me of like Rick Shavers Ab Cole, uh, to where there's like yep. a bunch of impressive shit going on, but like there's clearly somebody directing traffic or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think Gibson was directing the traffic like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, in the main event of last week's takeover or um, NXT, um, it was Thatcher and Champa versus Grizzled Young Vets. So I, I just assumed that it was going to be Thatcher and Champa. And then when Grizzled Young Vets won, I was like, quite frankly, for the match you for the position of the card, mm-hmm. where you imagine this match is going to be like that's for the best that you had Grizzled Young Veterans in there, especially given you know their history in, on you know UK takeovers and like they can have the that you know that indie-rific match as opposed to you know. Like getting, you know, getting basically grounded uh, and grinded up by uh, Champa and um, and Thatcher. So, like, I, I thought that was for the best, um, and it gave, you know, it gave Grizzly Young Veterans something by, you know, getting to another final, um, and then the tag team in the Dusty Cup. So, but MSK is off to the races. You know, I'm glad they won because now, you know, get a title shot against Oni and Lorkin. I mean, only only and Birch. So that should be a good ass match. So whenever they do it, can't wait. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they um, good job for just going with somebody like and not fucking them over and fucking them around um, because sometimes they like to get cute. And I think they just picked the team. Was like, yo, we gonna give y'all. All the chance we're gonna put you on there with Swerve the first match. We're gonna go ahead and push y'all yep. in here. Uh, who did wrestle in the second round? Um, uh, Legado del Fantasma, I believe. No, four great workers. Yeah, like, they had a so, good. They had a good ass match with them. Like I think I gave it three and three quarters. So, yeah, good on them for a season opportunity. Yeah, um, and then you think about it. I th- okay, so um, unless I'm mistaken, if we go back in time. Uh, last year, it was the Brozaways that won it. The year before, it was Blackashay that won it. Um, they had a year off in 2018. You remember who won it in 2017? Nope. Okay, well, the first winner is... AOP? Sorry? Maybe AOP? I think so. I think so. So, they may have skipped two years. So, they may have not done one in 17... No, I'm sorry. They may have not done one in 2018. 17 would have been AOP. 2000. Wait, was Finn Balor one or me? No, 2016 is when they did. Um. No, 
It was 2015 when they did the first one because we were at that. We were at the final for that. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was yeah, that was the main event with the Iron Woman match. Um, no, nah, so the first one, so they they skipped some years in this, and I'm maybe I'm blanking on the first few winners after, um, after uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, but like it seems that like the majority of the tag teams that have won this have been like the put together two stars and have them win the thing, and then they get a yeah. title shot down the line or whatever else. But um, so it was cool to see that actual. You know, I don't want to do the actual tag team because who gives a shit? But like the team that is like put together in their main things to be a tag team, and you know, if they do split up, it will be down the line as opposed to this is like this is you doing utility role type of thing. Um, so I, I thought it was cool that like they won it uh, and they won it on a big stage. I know which one I'm pushing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they know which one they're pushing too. You saw how they set those hot tags. Um, it was also impressive because, like, I think he should hurt his back on that first flip dive over the top rope. Mm. Like he landed, he landed around his tailbone. They didn't catch him perfectly, and he immediately just clutched his back. And then, like, he was selling at times when you wouldn't necessarily be uh, selling a uh, bad back. I think he legitimately fucked his stuff up in the middle of that match. His soldiers through, and as a person with back problems, a person that's like bruised their tailbone before, that shit's hard to do. So, shouts out to Wesley. Um, uh, so then. If I if I remember correctly, is when you get a music video uh, from Cameron Grimes, uh, starring your boy uh, Josiah uh, Russell Rap. Oh, uh, speaking of that, Josiah's intro for this show raw is incredible. Yes, yes, that was excellent. Uh, check it out. I don't know if it's up on YouTube, whatever it should be. Um, yeah. Along with everything, I think that he, might be like his best, some of his best work that he's like contributed. I I agree. I agree. Um, Okay, so last week they read or they brought back Cameron Grimes, and Cameron Grimes' uh, angle now is that um, after Loomis and Kushida whooped his ass um, for you know, for that losing uh, stretch, he went home to to uh, heal up and do rehab on his torn MCL or, or bruised MCL or whatever it was, and. He decided to uh, to use to spend time by gaming, so he started gaming. So he went to GameStop and he liked GameStop. So he decided to start in uh, buying stock of GameStop, and it the, the the price went through the roof. So now he's filthy, stinking, fucking rich right now. That's his storyline. Is he's a he, he's a lucky ass tech bro. He ba- he basically won the lotto. He is basically. He's basically like stock market slash tech Beverly Hillbillies. Like he he may as well have shot the ground and struck oil. He that's basically what he did. That's so so he's basically like super rich. He's talking like he's flair now. He pulled up in a Lamborghini on the on the on the show the other day. Um, so they played this music video and the hook is him saying, we're going to the, you know, all this money. I'm going to the moon. Yeah. 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 I heard the song. I, I, I don't know. The video didn't, it wasn't as funny as I, like, I they, fucking howled. It, it felt so I fucking howled. It, it was. That's the part that made me howl at it was the fact that it's like, you had to have seen this, bruh. He did the full flare. He showed up in the Lamborghini uh, the other day. He starts handing people money out of his pocket. People just working the door. People on the on the crew, ring crew, as he's walking up. So then 
He has wads of money. He's throwing it around. He rips off his jacket and starts hooting and hollering and stomping in the middle of the ring and everything. He went full flair. Like, not full flair because he's not nearly as good as flair, but like, the whole thing was to be basically like flair or whatever else. And then they did this video. I thought it was just fucking because like the lyrics were actually like good for the storyline. So I, I thought the shit was funny because he's a cornball. But uh, so who knows what they held? Obviously, he's gonna go broke. He's gonna lose all his money once the shit drops. <laughs> like that's the part. That's the part that's funny because you like you know he up now, so he's stunning talking about his mad shit. But you know he's gonna be down bad any day now. Be broke. <laughs> Yes. You know, like so, if you're like, so if you're Triple H, you have to have like Ted DiBiase like get on the line or do like a segment or something. <laughs> like you have to have like a million dollar man and be like, hey man, let me let me show you how to manage your money or something like that. And he blows a million dollar man off or some shit like that. I I think I think he actually mentioned money. Uh, I think Cameron Grimes actually mentioned the million dollar man uh, last week. I think he did. Or maybe someone on commentary did, but like, so that might be around the corner. But you know, you know, I don't know what the situation is with WWE and DiBiase right now. You know, their situation is always, you know, weird. Yeah. Like, if you ask me, I imagine DiBiase might like show up on AEW and the WWE right now. Hmm. Like, because I think with DiBiase, like, you pull in IRS too, and then you tell him, like, this is my friend Irwin, and uh, he can show you how to make sure uh, you pay, you don't pay any taxes. So, 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 AEW gets gets Virgil and WWE gets 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 DiBiase. They split that up again, huh? Oh man. Um. Look, man. Quite frankly, this look. This has nothing to do with him, but it does. Only like, but it's unfair to him. But I don't care. Look, bro. I don't want IRS nowhere near the product. He's done enough to the product and with his fucking offspring. No, thank you. Goddamn. <laughs> no, thank you. Look, his contract, like, nothing he can do can offset the damage he's done to this business. <laughs> There's nothing. So, anyway, we can, wow. we can move on. Um... Uh, to the uh, NXT Women's Title Match, Triple Threat Match, Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know the spot with the table, whatever they had planned with the shit, and that's going to be on um, on Boshamania. Like Bosch Tony Mania. barely, Tony Tony touched that fucking thing with the, with the softest of touches, and that thing just collapsed un- underneath it. So who knows what the hell they were playing? But Ultimately, before they even got to that part, and they, I thought they did an okay job improvising for you know trying to figure it out after that. Ultimately, this match seems so carbon copy um, to the title match that Io won the belt from um, in from in your house. It was just like you know she dove, she dove off the top of the t- off the top of the roof of the house. She jumped off the top of the post posting, uh, you know people are wrestling for the pinfall at the bottom uh, there's someone has a pinfall she ends up hitting a out of from out of nowhere moonsault to win the match like it it just, it was too similar yeah. to the match she did before and it wasn't as good um this match i just gave like a i probably give like three and a half maybe three and a quarter i i was i was not a, I, was, I was not in love with this match i was not particularly impressed in this match yeah um rare that you say this by EO, but it's like, man, this is like kind of boring. Um, the, I'm not going to knock for the table. Um, yeah. EO, Cause that's like, 
it's a function of them making like flimsy ass tables for people to bump through. But right, um, I you know they clearly like like I feel like we're looking down the road um, with this, and this match just kind of it's like a trap game, damn near. <laughs> um, and it's like you know Tony Storm. I'm not really into the the heel character really at all. Not really in her baby face character either to really say that, but um, <laughs> uh, I do if, like Mercedes, but... The thing for me is if any of those if you had EO versus Tony Storm which I've seen a few times or you had EO better. versus Mercedes Martinez, or if you had Mercedes Martinez versus Tony Storm in singles matches, you would expect all three of those matches to be better than the match we got here. Yeah. You absolutely expected for that. So from that perspective, you have to say it's a disappointment. And like, yeah. it was just—it wasn't very good. It was just flatly good. Yeah. Good. You know, three and a half, whatever. Yeah. I. I, I time, it might. Look, it might ticking. be three and a half. It might be three and a half. Look, look time ticking. Uh, you know, they 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 want to give that uh, lady in the black leather pants the belt really bad right now. So. Uh, yo, enjoy your last days. Yeah. Um, I, I look, if you were to ask me a takeover match, Raquel Gonzalez versus Io Shirai, I imagine it'd be a lot better than this match too. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what, to, like, and then it makes me think, now I'm thinking about it. a zillion times on house shows. <laughs> the last takeover, the last um, UK takeover, right, was Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven versus Tony Storm, right? Yes. Like, maybe the thing is just like, don't put Tony... Tony Storm's not good in triple threats. That might be a thing. Hey, I'm not, or hey, not hey, great hey, in to- triple threats would be the word, probably. There is a um, great philosopher when it comes to Tony Storm uh, by the name of Kaylee Ray. She once said, no more Tony <laughs> <My> Storm. <laughs> yeah, so um, then we end up getting the signing of uh, Eli Drake. He's now going by the name L.A. Knight. Uh, which is funny Ooh. because I talked to Rich before we were started recording, and he had said that Eli Drake had got signed, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then, and then like went, you know, a couple minutes go by, and I was like, "Oh, by the way, who was that LA Knight dude that was on his? Oh, that was Eli Drake." He's like, "Bro, I've seen Eli Drake wrestle like three or four times before. I've heard him cut promos. I know he's a good promo. I not for a second recognize that man. So, um, I don't know. If this is a good sign. Like, I don't know." LA LA Knight, aka Crack, you know, because that man wants to be White Rock. Um, yeah, I, I've always liked his promos. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wrestling, uh, <laughs> right? But I right. mean, you know, WWE's uh, in a signing frenzy right now. Uh, yeah. Ty Valkyrie's on her way in. Uh, Harlem Bravado from Evolve and. If they're signing Harlem Bravado, like they're signing any motherfucker, right? I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that person. So he was on the Indies for a really long time for a reason. Mm, mm. All right, uh, they didn't sign JD Drake, did they? They should. Well, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, look, I wouldn't be shocked. Like JD Drake should be paying attention to his phone because it's about his time. If they sign everybody, why not me? Well. Like, well, he does. He kind of does have to, like, you know, come to Tampa and, like, <laughs> then this bomb not to plead at WrestleMania Indie Week. He kind of has to, you know, 
Yeah, clean up. Yes, <laughs> that man finna be eating lovely on the Indies. Can you come in? Nah, bro. Like I'm already booked for like eight shows. Can you do a knife? Look, I got a spot for him right now. Like you know, uh, Cameron Grimes came in all that money. He gonna need somebody to watch his back. You know. Oh God. Go ahead and put JD Drake with him. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then we end up uh, getting to the main event: Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Oh man, um, I gotta tell you, like Pete or uh, uh, Pete Dunn's awesome. We've always known he was awesome. Um, we've always known he could do this, and to see him have one of those matches with Finn Balor, um, it, it was great to watch. Um, I had this in the high fours. Uh, I, I think for me, I think this kind of you look at what Finn Balor has done at his best with with guys in in this run, and it's like. They need to serve him up like that never division. All those tough white, all those tough technical white guys. He needs to wrestle them every fucking takeover because all of those he hits them out the park with them dudes. All of them. Yeah, I was just gonna say match him up with someone of uh, similar stature. That never division. Uh, nah, if you gonna say it. Tough, tough technical white guys. That's that's <laughs> nah. Call it what it is. You know, I, I like them to fight Swerve too. As well. Yeah. Go ahead and, and yeah. That too. So yeah. If, if you want to call it the Never Division, yeah, we can throw Swerve Kashida in there because I mean, that's all that is. Yeah, um, they did it again on this one. The commentary uh, blasting the technical masterpiece, technical masterpiece over and over again, and then the finger breaking, and then instant healing stuff. I didn't want to think about that. They made me think about, um, but they beat the fuck out of each other. Um, lots of, I think cool psychology in the beginning, especially with Pete Dunne when he does the flip, and but the flip is like not as high as it normally is because he was working on the knee. Yeah, he crashed and burned. Like, yep, yep. I mean, so there, I you like know. That. Yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, typical wrestling psychology of Finn Balor, like, started working over his leg and his first move was stomping on the foot and then, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, work on the ankle, then work on the knee, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, his whole leg is just done. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, like Balor one time got his finger broken and then instantly punched him in the face with the same hand. Yep. I was like, yep. Like the, these are things no, I would no, really no, love. No, no. Then better yet, then better yet. At the end, after he does, after he does the double foot stomp, he land, he lands the double foot stomp and catch you know he, uh, to stop himself he also sticks his hands out so yeah. you know it was similar to the you know oh you have bruised ribs you hit a splash and you grab the ribs he did that with his hands like, like oh my hands and then covered and then at the end of the match like he does like the, the finger guns except with his fingers yeah. and it's like bitch get out of here you just lifted this, you just, you just lifted this you just lifted this grown ass man up and down and dropped him on his head with, with a fucking 1619 don't Tell me you don't have the grip strength now or the dexterity yeah. to do this shit. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great uh, match, but I, it made me laugh. Match. Great match. Um, I blame commentary for making me think about these things I know I would normally let slide. I wouldn't even say anything about, but like commentary, like like once they put it in your head, I'm just like, oh, well, what about what part of the technical mastery is this? Like, yeah, <laughs> so, it's like. Yeah, technically it's great, but how about the psych? But the, but, it, but like story story wise and psychology wise, like those are nah. You're you're messing up the technical work that's being done. Yeah, um, yeah I, I I love the match. It, it, and like it it 
felt similar to the Gargano match where it was just a battle. And like early in the match, it was like Pete Dunne was just eating his ass up, just like, oh, you got the bad jaw. Like I'm gonna get you up against the ropes, and I'm gonna do like the UFC stuff against the cage when people are in a clinch, and I'm just gonna drop, just drop my shoulder right into your jaw. Um, he had he had a a, a headlock on that looked that was like. It was like the difference when you watch, um, you know, you know uh, as you say, like when they didn't do the, the cravat in the main roster, and then you watch yeah. them do a real cravat, like snug, and like these don't even like the same moves. Like mm-hmm. it, uh, he slapped on the head scissors, and then he like hooked his leg. Uh, Dunn hooked his leg so tight and like at such an angle that it looked like different than a regular headlock. Was like that's ridiculous, but it just looked that good. Um, mm-hmm. Hand work, worked on his bad shoulder. Like he just, it was just a, a clinic that Dunn put on. It, it really was. Um, and you know they kept the counters and, and the stuff like other stuff. Like this was a match. It felt like this was like their second or third match. It it was just, mm-hmm. it was just, it was very sharp. And it wasn't nearly as physical as um. And that, and it's a good thing, like because it wasn't nearly as physical as that um O'Reilly really? match from um yeah, from October. So like. To have this level matches close to that level, close to it, but not be you know not have someone be out for months and shit like that's you know <laughs> Finn Balor's getting better, thirty eight getting better. You know, you know, man, got to learn to develop. You know? Yeah, you know, I man's in a wrestling school. Yeah, know, well, that man, yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, so after that, go celebrate. Does the mangled finger guns. <laughs> Out comes uh, Oni and, and Birch, and they beat him down, put him back to the ring. Dunn Dun is recovered. All three of them are done. Just gets over, gets on top of uh, uh, Balor, is about to whoop him. And then all of a sudden, Undisputed makes a save. It's, uh, it's, it's no fish this time. It's just uh, O'Reilly and Roddy and, and Cole. They make the save. Um, they clear. Um, NXT UK out the ring. <laughs> uh, and O'Reilly's first person to help up or to help battle to his feet and says, look, man, damn, you're good. You know, respect, you know, and you're, you're a great champion. And they go to sign, they go to stand up together. Uh, very similar to them standing together. Um, a couple weeks ago when they, um, they had, they, or they both made save for each other against the NXT UK again. Um, and the next thing you know, Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor and Roddy and O'Reilly are shocked and then he super kicks O'Reilly and Roddy's shocked and he doesn't know what to do and then Adam Cole says come with me Roddy and Roddy's sitting there like I don't know what the fuck you just did or what's going on I'm just like so Adam Cole was babyface for was technically a baby face for God knows like how short of a time and he's going right back to being a heel man all I heard was like Pat McAfee was right like all I heard was all this McAfee's celebrating and um I don't know man um like aside from the fact of like would he have done this if like Finn wasn't getting his ass whooped whatever I'll, I'll throw that out um they broke up Undisputed Era in NXT. So they're all dead on arrival, presumably, if they go to the main roster. They're not going to the main roster. Bro, they showed them in 2016. Bro, bro 
Okay, we've established that. They're are you saying? Are you saying that like, or, or wait, or, may, or maybe the, the it's maybe it's, it's maybe it's okay. Adam Cole is going to the main roster. We need a way to get him out of here without having to bring up the without bringing up the rest of undisputed, and that's how they do it. Maybe, but I don't see. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even see that. It's like all right. They're like, I don't think any of them are going to the main roster. And like everything I'm hearing is they got a year left to figure it out with Adam Cole because it's going to be contract time for him. Um, and if this is a final program, put your buddy over and make him a star and see how that goes. If he wants to resign, I'm hearing like, you know, his Twitch stuff is a really big deal to him. And we know how WWE feels about that Twitch stuff. They don't, they don't fuck with it. Um, I don't know, man. Um, kind of, it's and, and it kind of like I saw it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll get some good Kyle Riley and Adam Cole matches. I know they uh, had that feud they can just import in from PWG as well as Ring of Honor, and they can do it here now. But then I started thinking about like the rest of the roster, like like undisputed, they're broken up now, but all those dudes are still like in the way for like the next guys that can't break through like a swerve, like uh, Kushida, who just, he's been in WWE for two years before we can get a match like this out of him. Um, I don't know. I Maybe I'm worried about the wrong things because ultimately none of this shit matters because they have, have like 24 people uh, getting signed uh, and they don't care about inflation or career trajectories or years, you know. It's just like having this huge war chest. That's what it seems like. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The turn looked goofy, too. Like, I'm like, well, why'd you turn on him? Like, <laughs> like, that's my point. Like, I'm not concerned. Like, the stuff about the, the where does this mean for the NXT roster as far as, you know, you know, splitting it up and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, all right, we have Adam Cole and or whatever else and Carl O'Reilly on one side and Finn Balor here and Ciampa and um, Gargano and all that stuff. Like, I, look, I, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, the thing for me, well, the reason why I didn't like it was because, like, you just fucked, after he's been a, he's been a heel since day one. He showed up in, in August 2016 as a heel. He was, a, he turned, ba- he turned baby face he never officially turned babyface. We just cheered for him uh, over the what the summer. See, that should be dumb. Like, like <laughs> so he was a, he was a hill from all right. He was a hill August nineteen, August twenty. He was a hill for I'm sorry, uh, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. He was a hill for four years. Long time, man. Or did he show up in 2017? I'm sorry. 18, 19, 20. So he was a heel for three years. He turned babyface for six months, and he's right back to being a heel. Like, this is like the Kevin Owens shit. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I like whatever, man. Up. Whatever. I think they, they want their, their next big personal feud day saying, this is going to be the new Gargano Ciampa. Like, that's cool. That's cool. Um, Or whatever else, but... I, I would have. I would rather they had say that for TV than just like after having that show that they had, and then like with that kind of wrestling, and then like oh, let's end it with an angle. It's like all right, well, whatever. Like, uh, whatever. It felt like um, like people were very excited about this. Like I think it was just a shock. But like when you start thinking about it, it's like, well, why did he do that? Like <laughs> that. I didn't even get into the 
the that part, but like if we want to go into the why he do that, he'd be like, okay, so let me get this right. Last summer, y'all had that hour long. You and Balor had an hour long um, match with Champa and Gargano, Iron Man match, and went to a draw. The very next week, y'all had um, a match. Balor beat you. They went backstage to show the whole like locker room congratulating Finn Balor, Triple H, Shawn Michaels backstage, and then after that, y'all two sweeted each other. You was like, oh, yeah, remember we got Bullet Club members too. Um, our former Bullet Club members too. <laughs> and then, like, y'all start doing this with O'Reilly and Balor, and they have respect for each other, and, and Pete Dunn and McAfee Gooner in the or you're just, you know, evil or whatever else, so, like, they're gaining respect for each other, and then next thing you know, like, Adam, you know, they started making saves for Finn Balor, and then... N- Y'all made a save for him here, and then after you made the save for him, then you kick him in the face. It's like, so you come out the title again, but you kicked O'Reilly because obviously you want, what it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's like y'all did all this shit for like the last like half a year, saying that like Finn Balor's gonna end up potentially being in Undisputed Era or something, or teasing that stuff, and then immediately it's like, nah. In fact, nah, we're just gonna just break up Undisputed instead. Like wow, if you break up wow. Like, you hold have on, to put, you have while, to put back on Cole again. I don't care. Like, while... I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they are. But... And then while you break up Undisputed Era, who knows where the fuck Bobby Fish is at? Well, that man could be uh, fighting child sex traffickers. I didn't know he was QAnon. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, but, look, look, if that, look, boy Drake. look, there ain't, look, ain't no... If that's the case, you know, I don't see how Drake was able to do all these fucking... Uh, to ref all these uh, matches last night, because he was there. He They didn't, well, they didn't discuss that at the meeting. Yeah, I, I think... Or on, maybe, I'm sorry, you know, on Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I think they... <laughs> They had to have Drake come in, but they still had to have a representative from the group, you know, no, at okay. whatever was, was being handled. So hmm. Drake was like, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and represent us this time, brother? Okay. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, and Finn hasn't done a job really for anyone, uh, like, like too recently uh, or too often uh, since he's been in NXT. I think you got to go like if you're going with uh cole and o'reilly eventually the title's got to go into that program and you got to see about building kyle o'reilly up to win the belt from cole maybe i don't know i don't know i think maybe maybe we get some tag we obviously get some tv on what side is fishing strong on they're probably you'll it'll probably just be the three person undisputed era it'll be o'reilly and balor forms a kind of friendship to take down those guys. One will take on Roddy, the other will take on um, Cole. They'll probably swap partners. <laughs> uh, or not swap, I mean like I mean like wrestling mates, like it'll it'll, like one time it'll be like O'Reilly and Strong and then it'll be O'Reilly versus Cole's what I mean. I don't mean like swap mm-hmm. partners like they swinging. But yeah. <laughs> But then eventually it'll get back to O'Reilly and Balor or whatever else down the line. But like that's probably like some nine months down the road shit or whatever. And that's and that's fine. But just the idea of this dude like y'all this dude was just a baby face for six months after being a heel for three years and you're going right back to him being a heel. Like this is just like, nah. We 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 must they, they don't have <laughs> 
We have no we have no plans for you unless you turn heel. <laughs> yeah, they, they get him so. in that Bret Hart list, so they were like, "Hey, you know, if you a babyface, this is who you get to wrestle. <laughs> if you a heel, this is who you get to wrestle." I guess, I guess. Um, so yeah, um, great show. Otherwise, like a lot, a lot of great wrestling on the show. Um, not not one bad match at all, but. Um, just as things that leave you um, question. And the thing is, like, the tag team um, tournament, like, helped, helped them get here. And, like, the tag team terms were actually uh, fun or whatever else. But it's like, now they have to go back to the real world and, like, actually mm-hmm. do, you know, regular t- television as just, like, autopilot booking. So, um, right. um, we'll see where this goes. Like they're they have their hot little angle that they like to do um, that they like like I'm so kind of like every fucking Russ promotion has a hot little angle that they like to do but they have their hot angle and they're gonna go with it and we'll see where it goes but um, I don't know I just I just don't like the idea of of Cole being a heel for so fucking long you turn babyface and then you turn right back fuck him it's like so what was the point of ever turning heel just do this stupid fucking thing with with, uh, with Pat McAfee thanks 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 yeah, that was it. You know. Like maybe the maybe the idea was they were going to do that, and then like eventually, like once McAfee left, like it was going to be like you know NXT UK plus plus Oni, and it would have been like a uh, buddy that's hurt that that uh, dropped um, Gargano on his neck. Luke uh, Menzies. Yeah, maybe or maybe it would have been Luke Menzies uh, in this group, or there was, it, it would it would have been a foursome. It would have been a foursome. Yeah. Yeah, but. Whatever. Uh, I guess let's get to AEW. Yeah, man. So they had a show. It looks like February tenth. Uh, it was a pretty yep. good show. Uh, up and down. Uh, a lot of stuff I like with the inner circle angle. I thought the main event was insane. Excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but we opened up with Darby Allen and Joey Janela. They had a match for the TNT title. Only went about ten minutes, and it was like. I thought they were going to do some crazy, wild, devastating match, and then they what wrestled. we got was the Darby Allen like uh, WCW World or WCW Saturday Night title defense against uh, Joey Janela. Um, I I thought this was pretty good. Um, they Jim Ross was surprisingly on his best behavior. It seemed like he actually like sounded invested in the wrestlers in the ring. Which was nuts. Yeah, seeing that one of them was Janela. Well, the thing was, he was like, you know, he probably was like, oh, they're gonna do their bullshit. And then they actually wrestled for real. And they were like, and he got into it. He's like, because you know, like Ross still likes technical class or not technical, like classic pro pro wrestling in the ring. So like when yeah. they went out there and had a good ass wrestling match, he was like, I'm into. It. I get. I, uh, I probably by the sounds of it, I think I like this more. Than you, I end up like I close to four on this. I, I, I really like this match. Half. You get it? Um, what? I give it three and a half. I get I'm I have it at like three and three quarters to to four. Like I really like this match. Maybe it's because you know I haven't seen Janelle in so long. I don't know. <laughs> there was one thing that made me go like, oh shit! And it might have been the coffin drop because like you yep. didn't get the normal air on it, so it looked like <laughs> kind of more devastating for some reason. <laughs> yes, I don't know. It was like it was like the it was like the it was like the it was like the EO Muda uh, moonsault where it's like there's yes. no arc. It's just just devastation. <laughs> right. Um, so after that, um, we got. Um, uh, 
John Moxley in, in a promo. He plugged uh, his match with Kenta, and he had the IWGP United States title with him. Yep. Uh, and he said uh, it'll. He never said it would be on New Japan World, though. Um, they uh, started explaining, you know, who Kenta was for the idiots who were like, uh, you know, you bring this guy, you, you didn't even explain who he was, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yo, we're smart wrestling fans. Like, we, like, it's what fucking ha- Kenta. Wait, what like, happened? It's just like, you know, dummies saying dumb things about like the Kenta angle as far as like uh you got this guy coming out why does a casual fan give a fuck about this person like I'm like it's a it's a surprise like so wait 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 it's just like so I'm like did you know who the fucking shield were when they jumped out like that's what I was saying is like fucking ride back the I know who like Adam Cole was when he came out on Drew McIntyre Raquel Gonzalez like, when he had, when she attacked Tegan Knox in uh, Portland like come on man like, stop this like <laughs> somebody comes out and yeah sometimes it is frustrating when it's like someone that like has nothing to do with an angle and they like screw over, screw over baby face you're just like oh so you're just, this is your misdirection to get this person away from that angle that you're doing and giving us a fuck finish but like in general the idea is someone comes out hopefully you recognize them you don't want to be a like you know who are you thing like the Smash Brothers slash Dark Order uh, a couple years ago but or the Butcher and the Blade right but the whole idea is it's supposed to be you're, some people are supposed to know who they are. You don't know who they are. They're in your face right now. So hopefully by either immediately following or by the next show, they, you get introduced or you get an interview from that person and they fill in those gaps. They, they answer every, the questions that you reasonably want answered. And then you go from there. And then how that, that's how introduction pro wrestling have kind of worked like since we've been alive in our lifetimes, right? Good ones, no, anyway. Like, no, I'm not awesome. saying like, sometimes they'll mess this up. They did the right thing here, so I don't see what the problem is. What? Well, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Immediately, immediately, Excalibur began explaining who Kenta was. Ah. <laughs> like, and also, uh, this man that has been on national television in America for right. years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we so, don't know who this guy is. Oh, he's only um, been in the number one wrestling company for like he was in there for like three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Sammy Guevara then went into the, uh, or then Mark said he's going to dump Kenta on his head in the main event. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then we got Sammy Guevara in the inner circles room and he told everyone he needs a minute with MJF and he told the cameraman to come in there with him. This uh, entrapment ass angle. Leave, they all left. He told, uh, MJF, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's trying to take over the inner circle from Jericho. Uh, MJF then immediately went into projection mode. He denied it. He said, nah, man, you're trying to take over the inner circle. <laughs> and Mind fucking. He said, well, says God's died, I, and I'm Jericho's new favorite. And then MJF said that Guerrero's mad because he always had to play second field to Jericho, and he wants to take over the inner circle. Uh, Guerrero then told him that, no, you want to take over the inner circle. And then MJF said, I'm glad you said that. And then he showed his phone with the idea that um, – you know, Sammy was, or MJ was going to play the tape for Jericho out of context. Uh, Guevara grabbed the phone and he threw it against a wall and punched MJF in the stomach. MJF feigns injury uh, and <laughs> came off for his match. Uh, I think he had his ribs taped like fucking ham. Um, 
And the weird thing was like, yo, we know the inner circle watches the show. Like they've all like said they watch the show. So like, yep. I didn't get the, oh, are you going to show him later? Like, or the it would have been like, all right, d- does Jericho hear the tape from MJF first or see the show? Either way, like it but, gets corrected by the time he sees the show. The thing for me was like, how are they going to? How is this a developing step? Because one, they already know they don't like each other, and they already know that like they're on the rocks, and one one of these people don't, you know, or whatever else. So it's like we already know that. So they're gonna watch the show back and then see them argue, see MJF try to frame him, uh, and not see MJF like him punch MJF, or whatever else. But both of the, while both of them knowing that everyone in Inner Circle will eventually watch this fucking show and see them acting like like ridiculous people trying to frame each other. Because, like, Sammy brings in a camera to try to confront him to get a confession out of him almost. And then MJF's like, I got, well, I'm, a, I'm about to get you out of context. It's like, it. y'all are trying to entrap each other, you goddamn cops. But everyone is going to see y'all trying to trying to catch each other in, in a gotcha moment. So it's like, every, ultimately what's going to happen is they're going to look at it and be like, y'all both lame as hell, I need to relax. And then go back and, and it's going to be status quo. So... What they do later on the show, it was like, okay, well, then that shit don't even matter because they've escalated this beyond that. And this is really just a yeah. an argument or whatever else where it was like, this is beyond repair. Don't even worry about trying to figure out whose side who was on following this. Like, there ain't no more size now because the person's out of here. So, like, while watching and me being concerned, they end up doing something better than what I thought it was going to go with it. So, it hats off to them because I was like, what the fuck have they gotten themselves into? <laughs> <laughs> so up next we got Cody Rhodes and the newest member of the Nightmare family, Lee Johnson, uh, against Peter Avalon and Caesar Bononi. And Lee Johnson got his first win in AEW after twenty nine long, painful defeats. Uh, I've come on this show and championed Lee Johnson for months and months and months, saying this guy's solid. He's young. He's another guy you can put in that class. And uh, I was very happy when, like, he didn't he didn't suddenly turn dominant. He just caught a he caught a schoolboy on a, on a lower guy, and he finally like turned you know the the page uh, on it. And I, I saw someone make a joke that um, someone put put this they booked this match with Lee Johnson, and then um, and they put Cesar Bononi in it to show the difference between the Nightmare Factory and. Um, <laughs> the performance center, but um, yeah, I, I thought a bad match was solid. Uh, I, I was really happy uh, when, when Lee Johnson won. I, I popped, and you know, I was I, I was happy. Uh, and Lee ended up getting the uh, the, the graphic after uh, the match. Yeah, um, he had a post match uh, promo where he, you know, he said, you know, this has become this is because of hard work and determination, and he thanked. Arn Anderson and Cody and um, and also Dustin and then like QT Marshall's directly behind him. He didn't even mention them at all. And I was like, he might be my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so I I didn't notice this at first until so people started pointing it out. Pictures started circulating. He I noticed it. Brandy. I noticed it immediately. And I, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I think there, there, this is the beginning of an angle there. I don't know where it goes, but uh, maybe you know, maybe we see QT and, and Lee Johnson uh, running at some point. 
and then Lee wanna, keeps going, if, you know, on you want, his journey. If you want or Lee Johnson, if you want me to become a Lee Johnson fan, <laughs> then that's the way you do it. <laughs> oh, Lee Johnson's getting Marshall. <laughs> go, Lee, go. Go, Lee, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, good good emotion to promo. I mean, I think he's like 22. So, like, you're going to, uh, you know, I, the only part it was funny is like, yeah, all the. <laughs> around him <laughs> but uh, it was I, I found that part that part funny but uh you know it was like they were saving the, this poor negro that was out there <laughs> i didn't i didn't think of all that but wow that's wow wow <laughs> you know that's that's the only thing that i saw that was you know well he mentioned brandy uh, was, was that was that was that was that plausible deniability he did. He did. <laughs> was that supposed to be plausible yes. deniability yes. that's that's you know you gotta you gotta gotta throw brandy in there throw all the scent mm. so um but you know <laughs> um i i saw lee johnson get added to the nightmare family as well as like nick comoroto Aaron Solo, of course, the Gun Club, and I'm like, what do these people have in common? Like, like I don't understand this group at all. And then I come to find out it's not supposed to be like a traditional stable. It's supposed to be like kind of like an MMA gym. Like we all belong to the same. We train out of yeah, like the nightmare shit or whatever. So like, I actually kind of like that a little bit more rather than making them this unit or whatever. Uh, they might team together. They might not. Like I. I get that the problem is they had that one match on a pay-per-view where they all basically wrestled for Cody, for, like for Cody, um, however yeah. long ago. So like that, that kind of, I'm not saying it completely flies in the face of that, but if you were someone to not really want to buy into that, you could point that out. Um, I, I will say I like the idea of people having fight camps in wrestling more than the traditional, you know, we have a baby, we have just white meat baby faces here and like they just, they're going to team together and we don't really have any much to really do with them teaming uh, uh, together. Um, like I would say if you're going to make it a fight camp that eventually, you know, every so often, like some of them on dark or wherever else will have to like wrestle each other because fight people in fight camps do fight each other every so often. Mm. So, um, you know, if they if they're gonna live to that, then they're gonna have to wrestle each other. Right. Um so the Bucks did a promo next. Uh, they were just backstage acting like goofs. Um Gals and Anderson came up and then like true olds, they write about the total uh number of the of viewer ratings, not the demo. Um then they try to take credit for it and then Nick got mad at them for coming out during the battle royal and they called them idiots. Um they uh, this led to the Bucks saying they want to defend. They hype. They kind of talked the Bucks into defending the titles next week, and they challenged Santana or Ortiz, who eliminated them uh, from the match. And I'm gonna say uh, the Bucks may be on upset alert next week. Um, if you start thinking about it, they really haven't really done like it, it would make a lot of sense to go ahead and you know based on where this inner circle thing is going. Put those belts on um, Santana and Ortiz uh, via, you know, the books, like some some has a gal. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Gallows and Anderson, uh, the Bucks actually challenged Gallows and Anderson. Uh, the AEW tag titles go to PMP. And they get Jericho versus... MJF to Jericho. MJF completes the turn on Jericho gets the belts over to uh, and keeps the belts on PMP, the rightful tag team of the uh, inner circle. And uh, Jericho is out holding his ass. MJF's in charge. It's like, you know, this is why you trusted me or whatever, something like that. I I, I think a lot of people are, are like talking themselves into this. I could see it happening. Um, That would be awesome. I think... That would be awesome. I think the timing and the logistics and how fast of a move that would be kind of... Because um, we are now at this point, what? Are we two weeks away or three weeks away from... Um, from three weeks. Three weeks. Okay, three weeks. If we're three TVs away, you can get there. Um, I, think it, I think that's a lot in three weeks and for by you know by by AEW standards rest that feels like five weeks worth of stuff but mm-hmm. um you could do it and it will help the card um but like either way also, if, if they do it they don't first title shot right. ever right they whether they do it or not i mean and also you know the first match young bucks did beat them mm-hmm. or they beat the bucks yeah that's what i meant yeah and then the bucks beat them, beat back, them back in the street right. fight Right, right, right. So yeah. I forgot about yeah. I, I thought about their last match, not the fact that they did two matches. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I they could do that. It could be a situation where you know MJF comes out there, ultimately ends up. It could be a situation where it could be interference in that match that causes you know the men the outs with Jericho or Sammy or whatever else or whatever else instead of them actually winning the belts. I don't know, but that what you laid out would be cool. It would be. Mm-hmm. It would be. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it happens. If not, we just get the Bucks versus <laughs> MJF and Chris Jericho. So I, I always I trust the Bucks in pretty much any wrestling situation. So um, I think the uh, next thing that happened, uh, Dasha was with Adam Page. Uh, this was pretty funny. 
Uh, he said that uh, him and Paige are not, or Paige said that him and Matt Hardy are not becoming the tag team. Hardy showed up, talked about him winning, said both of those guys were uh, special, and all this other gaslighting shit. And then Hardy wanted uh, Adam Page to come drink with him, and then Page agreed to it. And as Page was leaving, he bumped into the Dark Order, and then they did like you know the, the big awkward thing because this is the first time they've seen each other since he turned him down. Post breakup, yeah, yeah, post rejection, you know, not bro- breakup, but post rejection. Yeah. You know, so they want him, you know. And- <laughs> And, and the viewers, they, they want Paige to want the Dark Order, but it ain't happening. Matt Hardy is here, um, and he's trying to manipulate everything. And uh, up next, we got um, Pac versus Ryan Nemeth, and Pac brutalized this fucking geek. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> he ran that man up out the rucker. He, Good. He, he got his ass out of there quick. How long do you the think that match? Said, the, the less said, the better. Uh, it was four seventeen. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt like that was under five. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, they they put over on commentary that Pack is one of the few people who has a singles win over Kenny in AEW, and they, they're starting to push Kenny uh, not having lost in a very long time in singles. Um, he hasn't. When was the last? When was the last time he lost in singles? Beside, like, has he lost a single since like the Moxley match at Full Gear in 2019? No, they're not even counting that. Well, they can't count it because they said it's an unsanctioned match, so yeah. it's not sanctioned. But like, I get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it might have been. Was it? No, Jericho. Jericho and Impact. No, okay, yeah, Jericho beat him first, Impact beat him after. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. Um, so they kind of pushed that, uh, like, it seems like Kenny versus Pac, as well as, like, um, Kenny and the, uh, the Good Brothers against Pac and Phoenix, and um, I think it was another guy I couldn't remember, but um, <laughs> after that, uh, Miro did a promo about how uh, Orange Cassidy and, and Charles ruined the wedding, I could care less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who cares? So then, uh, then the inner circle came out uh, well, without Guevara. Am I am I misremembering this? I think one part that's actually noteworthy is like it seems like they're teasing that they're really going to go forward with uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, Miro match, correct? Oh yeah, that's that'll probably be awesome. But <laughs> I think everything getting through getting yeah. to the yeah, just bring me the match. Painful. Yeah, just painful. bring me the match. Um. I wouldn't be shocked if they announced that match for uh, Revolution. So uh, the inner circle came out. Jericho was mad. Uh, Sammy wasn't there. MJF came out with his ribs taped and said, uh, "We're punching him in the stomach. May have broken his ribs through his phone against the wall." Uh, Chris Jericho and MJF they, uh, faced the acclaim. The acclaim did a uh, video. I don't know if they played on Dynamite or not, but I saw it this week. Uh, they were dissing uh, Jericho and MJF. It was pretty funny. <clears throat> MJF came out of the same wrestling school as the acclaimed cut a promo saying, you know, I was the one that opened the door for y'all. Like, and I was way younger than y'all and I'm a prodigy and all this other stuff. It was pretty funny. Um, the claim kind of wrestled the match his faces. Uh, Jericho, have you noticed James? Have, have you noticed what's going on with Chris Jericho? Um, he, he looks like he's lost. He's losing weight. Am I mistaken on that? Oh no, that's it. That's okay. it. Uh, it. Looks like this man is getting trim. 
you know, you know, there's only, you know, there's, well, there's only two things when you start getting trimmed. It's usually either you turning or you getting the belt. I don't, and I don't think he's getting the belt. Okay, so what I will say is, you would make light decisions if you got dropped on your head by your, and it was because of yourself. You have no one to blame but yourself. You you doing a movie you've done a thousand times. And you'd land in your head. I think that will make you start reevaluating things. Like maybe I should drink less. Maybe I should, you know, like so you know, whatever. Maybe that maybe that's the case. We'll see. We'll see. But he, but physique wise, he did look better uh, compared to uh, like recently. Um, I, I I've dealt with like this latest this latest uh, phase of Jericho, like the baby phase of training Jericho, old man Jericho. So about to break out a new version. Um, so the finish game, there was a good near fall where, um, Kasser hit Jericho with the boombox. Um, and you thought something might happen, but it didn't. We ended up getting the, uh, Judas effect, uh, on, uh, Caster, I believe, off the top rope. And that was, uh, I, I like this match, so I, I thought it was, uh, pretty fun, so. Uh, I like the acclaim. I know the acclaim like kind of get beat up in some circles, but um, <laughs> every time I see them, I, I think they're fun. So, <laughs> um, they, oh uh, yeah, one, one thing is like he uh, he had a lot of. There was one line he said where he I forgot what the line was, but he basically said that I think he said he would rather beat Jericho or something than like get the diamond ring from. Um, from MJF, and I was like, "Wait, what?" He said something that was like, "He said something like that was like ridiculous." Like, it sounded like, "Bro, you hustling backwards." I, I, I have to go through like the the text thread, uh, whatever else, to, to remember what he said. But he said something that was like goofy. Um, yeah. um so after the the match, Sam Guevara came out. Jericho asked him what was wrong, why he didn't come out, like punched MJF. Guevara said. Calmly, he was like, on December 9th, if one more thing happens, he's done. Um, one more thing did happen, and he's done. And then MJF was like smiling on the other side through the whole time. Sammy Guevara quits the end of circle. Um, end of an era. Um, you think about that. They have, this group has lived the entire time uh, since AW's de- debuted through the. You know the honeymoon period through the, uh, which I would say is officially over now with the inner circle like breaking up here. Uh, the start of the pandemic, the whole summer like inner circle has been like a constant. Uh, with Sammy like breaking up, I immediately like was like whoa, and then I got hyped up because I've been driving the Sammy train from day one. Um, seemingly going to turn babyface here. Um, he uh, later walked out the building. Uh, he said, I'm over this. I just need some time away from this place. And they showed, like, something above him. And he walked out the Babyface Tunnel, by the way, uh, which was done on purpose. Oh, I, I've never <clears throat> even paid attention to uh, the Hill or Babyface Tunnel thing for AEW. I've never paid attention to that. Like, which side yeah. is the Babyface Tunnel? So I don't remember. The, baby, the Babyface Tunnel is on the right, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, from when we're looking at the cameras I, or when yeah. we're looking at the stage, I believe it's on the right. Um, yeah. okay. So I was, I think this angle was great. I thought it's been great from day one. Uh, yeah. MJF like slime, you know, trying to take over the inner circle, but 
somebody wasn't going to be with it, and this is the next step. We did get some um, drama uh, with Sammy this week, regarding Sammy at least. Um, so there was like some type of pitch for him to do, go do an angle on Impact, but Sammy Guevara uh, apparently did not agree with whatever you know this angle was supposed to be, and for good reason when we uh, found out what uh, was what actually happened. Uh, I guess he was supposed to get. They were trying to link him up with Decay or have him lose to somebody, and I was like, "Oh hell no!" And did I? Sammy Guevara did the same thing. I was like, I'm not doing that. And then uh, people said at first there may have been heat on Sammy Guevara, but that turned out to not be the case. Um, they uh, said that, hey, there may be cause and like some friction with the AEW impact relationship. That's not the case. Uh, it's just, I think somebody tried to pitch Sammy Angle and he was like, nah, like, <laughs> and it, I, that was that. So, yeah, I. I had no idea that K was still around in Impact. I had no idea. Not the slightest idea. Yeah. Um, last time I remember anything from the K was like the Matt Hardy shit. Like the the K I knew do you come. Like so that I mean that was years ago. That was like 2016. Or maybe the end of two, maybe the beginning of 2017. Uh the very beginning before they went back to WWE. Um when it, like around the expedition the expedition of gold. Like, dude, that was so that feels so long ago. So long ago. Really yeah. So with Sammy like leaving like that, he needs time away. And instantly, everyone's head started, you know, spinning. Like it's me and go to New Japan strong. Like it looks like Impact plans were up in the air, but like, yeah, you know, at this point, like if Sammy's like coming back, like he has to come back in the most epic fashion you can think of. If he's going outside, like he doesn't need to be losing to anybody right now. Um, like his job, like Sammy Guevara has done lots of jobs, but now is the time to. Uh, push the pause button on those and <laughs> and and basically he he'll get to re-debut as like a top star if, you know if they do it right I don't know necessarily about top star but um I, w- I w- but if he goes somewhere and goes on a you know does a program on whether program or whatever show or promotion like he should be somewhere depending on the promotion like somewhere like third from the topper in the mid-card beating mid-card talent on impact or um, strong or whatever else and then come back like he needs to get one of it like the thing with, with Sammy um, was that like he's this talented heel that was the pen eater for his faction he's leaving the faction if he's going to leave the faction he should probably not lose and be like a drum all the time again like that would show elevation is like he's a different person when he comes back. So yeah, if I were him, I wouldn't want to be involved in in doing jobs for fucking impact either. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. So yeah. so yeah, um, <laughs> like whatever whatever happened, like I, I you know you ain't gonna ever have me in, me thinking like somebody is out of line for not for, you know from working a bigger promotion to impact to come to impact and saying like I don't do jobs in impact. Like no, <laughs> no thank you. I don't want to Look, show you how much of a team player I am. I kind of want to get myself over. Her. All right, all right. <laughs> no, thank you. And, and, and I'm not like I. I believe I sent a voice note. I was like, it's not that he can't do jobs in Impact. It's that he shouldn't. Is that he shouldn't? And if you were to do that, you need to introduce him in Impact, establish him as a big deal, probably get him some wins first, then do whatever you yeah, want to do with like, him. Like if you want to beat him on the way out, like. I don't necessarily have that much of a problem with it, but like he better at least win like two matches before he loses before he loses one. 
Right. Um, so uh, he cut back to the bar, and Paige and Hardy were drinking. Uh, Matt was doing the old wrestler deal where you throw the drink on the floor, um, which I heard you know people used to do around Ric Flair a lot. And Ric Flair would like drink, actually himself. Um, and then Matt said he would make him the number one wrestler in the world. He's going to make him richer than his wildest dreams. Is he a billionaire? Yeah, I mean, he said something. You know, I, I think he's going to make you a billionaire. Money. And I was like, excuse me? He said, you know, but just 30% of all his money, but, you know, it'll be making so much it won't matter. Um, Hardy handed Paige a, a contract, but Paige did the old switcheroo and had another contract. So um, I'm gonna, I'm thinking it's going to be revealed that Matt Hardy has signed over all his money to the smart hangman. What does a cowboy need with money? You know, fix up the ranch. You know, got to make sure the horses is fed and, you know, the horses got new uh, saddles and, uh, and you know, you've seen the hangman shirts. Like, them shirts don't look cheap. Like, you got to gotta keep, keep the constant rotation, you know? I figured since he was a cowboy, he'd be making money off cattle or some shit like that or, you know, blacksmithing or something. Some some tough and manly or whatever else, you know, for the for the emo cowboy, but whatever. I uh, yeah, I guess he's I guess he's look, I, I know worse things in the world than like con and con men. So whatever. Like he's robbing hunting these people. Maybe you should get him maybe you should get that money to out of guilt to the dark water. <laughs> so like when do we get hangman to uh to Don actually Don the cowboy hat? Like do, do we ha- do we do we have to have Jim Ross like 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 bestow the cowboy hat upon him. He's never worn a cowboy hat before. I feel like I've never seen it. He didn't wear I one think... like to um, Revolution in a cowboy hat. He didn't wear a cowboy hat on the horse. Actually, I, I mean not Revolution, did. but um, nah. in the title match at uh, all, out. all Out. He had the bandana. I know that. Ah, That's ah. what he normally does. Okay. But, okay. Um, yeah, I'm just glad he stopped wearing the rope. So. <laughs> Oh, oh, you didn't like the fact that the hangman had a noose? I did not. I, I did not. Um, he didn't, has he ever wrestled black wrestlers? Huh? Has he ever has he, I, I don't recall ever seeing him, uh, Adam Page wrestling a black wrestler. Uh, he's. I think he's wrestled Private Party with the noose. No, not with the noose. <laughs> no. That is a ter- no. Obviously, that is fucking horrible. Hey, bro, don't you don't you ever bring that shit to, to I, the ringside when you're wrestling a black wrestler? Don't you ever do that? Yeah, he he hasn't ever wrestled with the noose in AEW. If I bet you, that's probably why. In in Ring of Honor, I guarantee this happened. Oh god! Like wrestling like, like Kenny King or Jay Lethal or Cheeseburger yeah, or some and, shit. And he's coming out with with the, with oh, the shit. Oh my yeah, fucking I, god! I guarantee that someone oh like bo- like bo- like Boba Ray Dudley or some shit or was like yeah, Lee go ahead. This is or... great heat. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, I would have to look that up, but yeah, uh, smart on whoever told the hand man, hey, uh, take that, take that damn yeah. rope off. You yeah. embarrassing us. <laughs> like <laughs> take that monkey shit off. You embarrassing <laughs> us. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he did the switch route to contracts. Uh, Tony Giovanni was shown talking to Sting, uh, but Sting really didn't get too far because Taz and Will Hobbs were on the screen, and they too are participating in kidnapping out here. And they put Darby Allen in a body bag, tied him to the back of a car, and drug this man across the fucking lot. I was 
howling. Like, like and, and you know Darby Darby ain't let nobody else do it. You know Darby pissed this shit himself. You know Darby said, I will do it. I will do the stunt. Drag me. I, I literally I, I didn't laugh at it because like when I was a kid, um in the late nineties, one of the like one of those, you know, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, um Jacob Blake's stories was a guy named Sean Bell in Texas that was um, chained up to the back of a truck and dragged as a kid. So, like, that, that's something that just stuck with me. Um, so, like, oh, wow. I, so for me, uh, it, it I, I, I don't find that nearly as amusing. Because, um, obviously, it's like, one, something goes wrong, he get fucked up for real. Obviously, they did stunts on it, but, like, just the visual of that is, not, is like, that's not as, oh, that's stupid, funny, rest. like, nah, I've seen people get lynched that way. So, like, for me, that's kind of, that, that hit different for me. Um, I'm not saying for anybody else for to take it that way, but for me, it just, it, it, it wasn't a, it, I didn't laugh at it in that way. I just, I thought, like, nah, that, that, that's one of them things, that's one of them shits was like, don't go to Texas, they'll fuck you up. Like, that's, <laughs> that, like, that one, that, like, that's one of those things for me, it's like, uh, as a child, like, that, that stuck with me a little different. Sorry oh, for uh, sorry for like we can move on to talk about stupid wrestling again, but I, but I, I just yeah, like no nah, that, yeah, that one that one that didn't yeah. do it for me that one just didn't do it for me for, for uh, personal reasons. Yeah, um, but Team Taz gets the advantage here. Something does happen, um, so that pushes it forward. So uh, Sting not in action yet, but uh, this definitely turned up the the heat a little bit. Up next, Alex Marvez was at a golf course with Omega and Callis. Uh, Kenny Omega, a man of great talent and versatility in, in sports, uh, all sport Kenny. Uh, he's, you know, they asked why he was golfing uh, before the match instead of training. Uh, Kenny said he didn't need to watch tape of his partner or the other guys. Uh, basically what happened was Kenny Omega was hitting the ball up towards the hole and then Callis would take the balls and put them in and then claim Kenny got another eagle so Kenny wouldn't, wouldn't know because he's a fucking doofus. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he drove off and the golf cart wouldn't give Marvez a ride. Um, I died laughing. Um, we got the uh, women's tournament match in the first round. Uh, Thunder Rosa uh, face off against Layla Hirsch and this was actually pretty good. Uh, I know Layla Hirsch has been very divisive in some circles but I think she stepped up big time here and Thunder Rosa just like delivers every single time she's on TV like no matter who the opponent is, they're going to have to fight a little harder uh, to get through Thunder Rosa. Yeah, so I have to come out here and do uh, a... <laughs> um, I have to do out here and do self-editing, right? So uh, the person that I'm thinking of that got dragged in Texas wasn't Sean Bell. Sean Bell was a, was a dude from New York that got shot. That was um, a dude in New York. Yeah, they got shot. I'm thinking of James Bird Jr. My bad. I'm sorry. I, 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 there's been so many of these in my lifetime that I'm mistaking the names now of the of, of heinous incidents that, and, mis, and miscarriages of justice. Uh, yeah. So, um, my bad. So, but yeah, I, it, I don't know. Is Kenny? Are, are we still running with Kenny? Doesn't know like that. Uh, your boy's evil, and he's just deluded. Um. I what do you what do you think the standing is like? What do you, what do you think they want us to think right now? I think they 
want us to think Callus is gassing Omega up to like insanely insane levels to where he can pull the wool over his eyes like where he needs to. Okay. That's like the situation with the Bucks. Like he's doing the thing, he made his golf ball go in for him. Like, oh, right. you're doing great, Kenny. Like, you know, different shit like right, that. Right, right, right. Okay. Because I'm, I'm feeling like, like the hook is going to be where like all of a sudden like the pretense gets dropped and it's like, nah, he's not gaslighting me. He's doing these things so I, he's gaslighting y'all and we're getting over on all of y'all. Like that are close to me, you know, like like the Young Bucks, for example. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like that might be the thing, but I, I, you know, but there it could be either one. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like, what you think. Like maybe I'm thinking too into it, but it's like <laughs> he dresses terribly. He really does. <laughs> he truly does. <laughs> they 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 wanted my they wanted my dog to start dressing. They they told him to stop wearing shorts and in in polos, but you know. He, he tried to show you all the versatility, the rest of the, the rest of the fist, the rest of the drip, but but they, they still ain't appreciate it. <laughs> I don't. I, we can move on. <laughs> so f- first round, uh, I, I had mentioned Thunder Rosa and Layla. Oh Hurst. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, really good match, it, and you mentioned that as um as far as the divisiveness around um, Layla Hirsch and are we done now? Is that through? Uh, is this, uh, is this uh, match? Was this, was this three and a half star match? Get up the, 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 is that, is that enough to hold people over to say that like, yeah, she's capable. Like, I, I, cause my fellow thing is like, <sighs> she's had, this is her first good match in AEW. So it's like, what is the thing about why you don't particularly like this woman? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, you know, like this. The D match was good. This match was very good. She's had like four matches in AEW or whatever, or on television anyway, or three. Are we done now? Yeah. Um. So I guess this is a good time for me to talk about the um, the Japanese side of the bracket. Uh, I watched it today. Um. For a James hasn't seen it yet, but this was about uh, a little bit over an hour, maybe an hour and five minutes, hour and seven minutes. Um. It was a fun show. Um, the first two matches, I think, were really awesome. Uh, the best match um, on the show was the Venny and Emi Sakura match. Um, I really liked that one. I might be out the uh, the high man on this. I looked, and actually, cage match kind of lines up with me. I gave it a four. Um, I think that uh, this is the best Emi Sakura's look uh in AW, she dropped all the Freddie Mercury shit and put on, you know, the regular outfit and got to work, essentially. Um, Yuga Sakazaki made Mesa Girl was the first match, opened it up. I thought this was pretty good. I gave this one three and three quarters. Uh, I think Mesa was a little sloppy. She messed a few things up, but uh, Yuga Sakazaki kind of held it together and covered for her a lot. She ended up getting a W. Um, the next match, uh, like I said, was the Vinny and uh, Emmy Sakura match. And uh, this was like the, I think Vinny got over really big with um, everyone that was watching. Um, Vinny's uh, offense was particularly impressive uh, from the aerial aspects uh, and definitely some of the power offense uh, that they used. 
and uh, Excalibur was phenomenal on commentary the whole time. Lots of mentions about like Manami Toyota and tying in all the storylines from Tokyo Joshi Pro and everyone's backstories. It was a one-man performance, like uh, <laughs> so. Uh, he was like, he sounded really, like refreshed and knew what he was talking about. Um, the third match was uh, hey, Rich, the, well, Repeat your last sentence because you broke up a little bit. All right. What's up? Repeat like your last couple sentences because you uh, yeah. broke up a little bit. All right. All right. So um, uh, I, I think, like I was saying, uh, Vinny uh, impressed uh, a great deal uh, with their offense, and uh, I think that, like, uh, that was the best match definitely uh, of the show. The next match was uh, uh, who was it? It was Maki Ito and Rio Mizunami. I think her name is Rio Mizunami. Like I have the headphones off because I don't want to be. I have the headphones off, so I don't want to be spoiled on this. But like, I can hear the muffles of the headphone uh, while I have my 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 mic muted. So like, I'm I'm overseeing this as your solo for now, and like, and wave when you're done. Ah, uh, uh, and um, I think that um, this match was okay. Uh, Makiito, if she does, I, I had a tweet take off on Twitter uh, as I was tweeting about it. Her entrance is a complete superstar entrance. If she does this on TNT, she's immediately going to get over. This has 24 retweets and 133 likes uh, on it. So uh, I think she immediately becomes over. And if she does it five times, people will start learning the words in Japanese um, to <laughs> to participate along with her. So uh, this match uh, kind of shocked me. I thought Ito would, would get through here, but um, Rio Mazunumi ended up getting the win. She did a lot of comedy. Uh, she did like some mining stuff in the empty building that uh, I don't know if it went over as well. I, I went ahead and gave this one three stars. Uh, but at the end, uh, we got uh, Rio Kedokora. Uh, what the hell is her name? Rio Kandokora, I believe, uh, faced off against Aja Kong. And Aja Kong did, actually took a lot of bumps for her, which was shocking. Uh, I think this is a pretty basic match, um, a basic Aja squash. Uh, Rio uh, Kitakora fought extremely hard from all the angles. Like, uh, you know, uh, Kong's, um, you know, she has so much, uh, she, has, she has some limitations on her, mobi- on her mobility. So Rio did, Reno Kitakora did a great job uh, attacking from all angles off all four corners of the ropes, a lot of running attacks, and then kind of just, you know, taking big moves from Aja Kong, like, the um, big back suplex she does, or side suplex she does, she took a brutal pile driver, and at the end, um, Kong finished her with the elbow off the top rope, which was, like, fucking, like, amazing. Uh, I love seeing Aja Kong here, and before the match, Aja Kong did a death glare at Akaro Shida, perhaps foreshadowing that, you know, she's coming after her, which, you know, could be a possibility, as we mentioned. They did have a match in uh, 2018, but a very enjoyable presentation Highly recommended show, just over an hour. Um, and this was, uh, and I know a lot of people were concerned uh, about the building. Uh, a lot of people were concerned about the building and how it looked on, on camera. The building is not up to snuff as far as, like, like, I feel, like, completely vindicated for saying it should not be on television just because it's a very small building. I do think it was well-filmed, though. High-quality video, high-quality, like, camera work. And but I, the building, you're not putting that on 
TNT. But for this presentation, uh, I think the show was was awesome. I think they hit it off hit it off the park. So um, yeah, James will see this and have to go back and listen to that and see if he uh, agrees with me on <laughs> these uh, takes here uh, about okay. the tournament. But so when you waved me to come back on and put headphones on, you mentioned um, uh, the ice the ice ribbon uh, small. I don't know if that's necessarily their dojo, if that's a place where they have these small, super small things. Um, but yeah, I, I heard that it wasn't on, it was going to be on YouTube, and I was like, oh, that sucks. And then once I heard that it was going to be at where I, exactly where I thought it was going to be at, like, it's the same place, for example, where I seen you that video of uh, Sukasa Fujimoto going five minutes with a broom and having a good match uh, uh, with a broom. Like, oh, that's, wow, like, yeah, that's exactly. that same building. So I was like, yeah, that, that's 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 not going to do for t- television. Like, that like that ring's super yeah. small. That's like a 12 by 12 or fit or 14 by 14 size ring. It's way too small. Building's way too small. Like, it, make, it makes sense for the intimacy of uh, if there's going to be no fans, but um... You know, it made sense to be on YouTube instead of actually on television. Like, if they're gonna go on television, that shit needed to be at like Shinkiba First Ring or hell, maybe even like you know, rent two hours at Cork and Hall to get it done. Um, right. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll check it out now, um, and we'll talk about it, or yeah. or we'll catch up over over the you know next two weeks when it's being put up. So then we got the main event: uh, Kenta and Kenny Omega against John Moxley and Lance Archer in a lights out Falls Count Anywhere match. My God, <laughs> just absolute insanity! Chaos. Like, Chaos. like, just completely like people like Attitude Era brawls. This is like better than all of them. Like, I don't <laughs> like that's that's what this was like. It was just like um, I, I like the interplay between Kenta and Kenny Omega. We got Kenta's real music on Dynamite, which like popped me uh, that I didn't have to see the um, we do not own the rights to this footage uh, logo. Or, uh, we do not own the music rights. Um, disclaimer, while he came out, Tony made sure the check was cut and the rights were acquired uh, because, you know, t- Tony is, is, is big bicep tone and, and the money is long. Um, and this was a match that it was just like Kenta's fucking up Moxley. Moxley's fucking up Kenny. Kenny's fucking up Moxley. Uh, Archer's coming back, fucking them both up. Um, they're taking turns brawling all around the ring and then brawling around the building and then coming back to the ring uh, out, out of all these different things. Like Archer looked like a monster, like a Frankenstein monster. He, um, I think he uh, gave Kenny a choke slam, and then I think it was him that fell through Peter Avalon's bed, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Um, I think. But, yeah. Um, it was just like, just craziness. Kenny with the moonsault with the garbage can. Um, this was like... Have we seen him for him before? Ken's coming over like to... Uh, yes, he's done the moonsault with the garbage can. Yeah, I yeah. I, I felt, yeah, okay. That's what it was. I was like, I felt like I saw him do that before, but not like it's a big deal. Like, oh, you did a spot once a year? Like, <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, there was a crazy spot that Kenta did where he avoided, like, a big archer clothesline and then jumped off the stage mm-hmm. uh, with the two feet on Moxley uh, while Moxley was set up on the ringside table. I fucking yelled at the TV. I was like, oh, my God. Like, 
that's why I knew this match was crazy. It was like a god tier camera cut that like it was, <laughs> it was like whoa, what the fuck is going on? Like, um, it was it was one of those things where it's like yeah. If you can do that, then like Kenta should be able should should like not have been laid out. It was one of those things where like it made Kenta feel like he was just sitting there waiting to do his spot as opposed to whatever else. But like mm-hmm. it, the spot, it was cool, so it didn't matter. Like who cares? It was cool. Yeah. It, um, uh, and then they caught it in slow motion, made it even more cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it was awesome gun. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, they. You know, basically, it all breaks down. Jake Roberts gets involved. There's a V-trigger tease on Jake, which I thought it was going to be the end of Jake Roberts' life on Terminator <laughs> Television. <laughs> um, he did a clothesline to Carl Anderson. Um, and then Moxley came in with the barbed wire baseball bat on everybody, traded some big moves. Uh, Kenta and uh, Kenny both gave uh, Archer a low blow. Uh, Anderson, uh, Gallows and Anderson ran in. They did the magic kill on Archer. Uh, then it was like a triple one wing angel essentially uh, to put Archer away. And at the end of the match, I I think everyone there was kind of clamoring for um, Kenny and Lance Archer uh, to do a singles match. So um, this was excellent, uh, four and a half. Um, and I think the John Moxley Kenta match is hotter. And I wasn't I was not really even necessarily a person that was like clamoring for it. I wasn't like, you know, hot for it, but now I'm like definitely going to check it out. Like can't, can't miss. They've done an excellent job, like building, putting Ken to end the presentation of like finally come, someone from new Japan coming over to AEW. It was, it just felt a historic event and an awesome match to boot. Yeah. Great match. Uh, I think I had it four and a half as well. Um, initially watching it the first time. Yeah, just a just a real fun match, uh, and you know, like if you put Kenny Omega, like when I when I was had concerns about him after he won the title the way he did, and wonder if like he was going to call himself the best bout machine while having like these these matches with fuck finishes. Like I am, I am long off that stance now. We are at a point now where he's had enough great matches and. <laughs> To where like oh, I, that hell. like that that possibility it's, it, like that's long gone like he's not going to do that so um super happy with this his is- title reign so far um it, it's been a blast since you know it's been a blast in, in his main event matches um I since- have I have Kenny with four matches on my 2021 recommended matches list three of them are four and a half one of them is a four and one of them is a five so <laughs> um yeah. So, uh, and we'll see who he gets on pay-per-view. So, Are you including Mexico? No, um, his match in Impact. Um, oh, okay. Big Brother against Moose, Swan, and Saban. I gave that a four. Okay, I, I didn't watch it. I, that was from um, the last pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. Maybe I'll get around to it. Um, I feel like I'm always been... Like, I don't know about you. You probably don't feel this way. I feel like no matter how much wrestling I watch, I feel like I'm always fucking behind. <laughs> Look, there's some shit I just sacrificed. So like, I'm like, man, I was just, I just had to come back to it whenever. No, I mean, I mean, like the, the stuff, game forward. I mean, like the stuff for this show that we cover, like the NXT, the Stardom, the AEW, whatever main New Japan, whatever main roster stuff that happens. And we, we only really cover like the big shows in New Japan anyway. I feel like. I, I I'm up to date on all that. I just feel like all the other ancillary stuff that I would like to get to. I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, uh, like the new beginning. 
Yeah. I'm I like yeah, I only saw the first show. I haven't caught up on that. I'm gonna have to catch that's so Man. look, I actually am behind now. So like I will have to uh actually watch yeah, so I will actually have to catch up on all the new on the th- those three new yeah, beginning shows. That's, so that's, that's why we got uh keeping a strong style. Like do uh you know, everybody that wants every show, the road tools, <laughs> everything, they'll go ahead and cover all that for you. Wow. I ain't uh, got you on that one. Yeah. There's only there's only so many Bushi versus Master Watson matches I'd be able to uh, stomach with the same finish. So yeah, but we didn't even like for the first show like the the Shingo in um in in Tanahashi yeah. and the Kojima in um Os- Osprey match we didn't even cover that yeah, from uh, a couple uh, weeks ago we didn't yeah, even cover Osprey that. Kojima was great. Uh, it, it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah, uh, I I got to see the main event still. The main event uh, was better. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was dynamite this week. Um, I like I said, the, the inner circle angle. I was, you know, seeing people were very hot for that one. The main event definitely went over very well, um, and the opener was a, kind of a uh, surprise. So <laughs> very, very good show. I, I like to me, you know, the 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 tournament, the women's tournament match with Thunder Rosa and. Um, Lay- Layla was was very good. We had a you know one of the best matches we're going to get all year in AEW um, in the main event, and then we had a, a, a kick ass opener. Like I thought, this was a very very good show. Yep. Um, so without further ado, I guess James hit the music. Okay, so um, this weekend there was two Corrigan Hall shows in Stardom. Um, two, and those are the last shows, uh, the last two Corrigan Hall shows before we get to um, Cinderella All Star Dream. Cinderella, it's a huge the the Budokan Hall show. I can't remember the official title for it. Like it feels like they add another word to the damn thing every time I see it. Like what it was like it was it was it was, was All Star Dream. Then it was All Star Dream Cinderella. Next thing you know, I don't know what the other time it's called. Me called it. the, the Budokan Hall show. Um, so on that card, we, we only have one sh- one match up on that um card. On either card right now, it's the SWA match between Shuri and Izumi. I have not watched it yet. I'll wait till the rest of it uh, pops up to watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, in bet- before that though, we um, we had we've had what f- three shows, I believe, um, to get to this point. Um, so most of most of the stuff. Uh, revolving around it is, you know, help building up towards that, and also um, with the seedling stuff, also builds up towards the Budokan Hall show. So uh, we'll get to the the um, the seedling. I'm sorry, the seedling stuff to build towards uh, the Budokan Hall show right now. Um, so uh, Yoshiko showed up with Nanai Takahashi at the year end climax show. Um, and they did the whole, you know, they, t- they basically shot the angle to get to, you know, the two big, two of the big feature matches on the Budokan Hall show, Budokan Hall show, uh, Nanai Takahashi versus Momono Watanabe and, 
uh, Mayu versus Yoshiko. Um, so I think like two, three weeks ago, um, Lusaya, Momo, and Mayu showed up at a ceiling show um, and answered their challenges. So the match, those matches are now on. And Momo and Lusaya decided to have a match with the new tag team champion ceiling, Nanai Takahashi and Arisa Nakajima. Um, so they had a match on the 10th of February and in their main event, it went like 23 minutes, something like that. Uh, I think this is Rich's second time we're watching a ceiling match. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, Rich? Um, I was kind of out, like, I watched it, right? And mm-hmm. but I was kind of hurt by the fact there was like no commentary and I didn't quite grasp the storyline going in. I was like, okay, there are outsiders. Uh, going into seedling, uh, I figured it was building up whatever you know happened for, on the fallout from the angle before. Um, but I'm like, why are the little homies going? Almost like, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you know, it was basically like Momo. They basically like, okay, so Momo wants to do a match in seedling, right? Yeah. All right. So going back, let's go all the way back from when they showed up at the, at the year end show. Yashiko and I get in the ring if while everybody except for Queen's Quest is inside the ring, basically watching the year long the 2020 recap uh video. Um after the after the main event of the year and show. So they show up, they say, you know, you know, Shiko says, Mayu, you're the you know, you're the icon of Joshi wrestling, please. Or whatever else. Uh, you know, basically, you know, alluding to the when I was around, you were a geek and I was a champion. Um, I want, so I issue a challenge, you know, um, icon, I want to match. Um, so then, you know, <laughs> then, then, Bro, you know what that would be like, that would be like, like if Hogan came back in like 97, like, oh, you're the icon now, huh, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> you're the icon, huh? That's funny. So, so basically, um, as that's happening, and Mayu standing up, and they're going face to face. Like Yoshiko gets closer and closer. So then Lusai was like, "You're not going to put it. Like you're not going to put a hand on 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 Mayu or whatever else, you know." And Yoshiko's like laughing, like, <laughs> you know, okay. So um, as it all happening, like Nanai interjects. Julia says something. Um, Starlight Kid takes the mic from Julia. She's like, "You just got here. Get the fuck out of here." This is like, it's nice that you said something, but like, no, you know. Um, you, baby. Yeah, like her line. Her line to Yashiko was like, "Oh, this is someone that fell runner up in the Joshi Award this year, or whatever else." That's what she said. And then like they took the mic from her. So then like all of a sudden, all the Queen's Quest because Kamatani just got pinned and lost the tag belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> she's about to go fucking made of it. The whatever, I'm not gonna get to that point. But she had just lost, so they were consoling her like outside of the ring, and, and then like basically after like all that stuff is happening, tensions are, are flaring up in the ring. Momo gets into the ring and says, "You know, because you know Queen's Quest tweeners, they don't fuck with Mayu because like you know Eo and, and Momo both turned on Mayu, kind of start off this Queen's Quest thing. So she's like, look, this is starting a problem." So and you got these two people back here. I was here when they were when they were around. Like, what are we gonna do to get these motherfuckers out of here? Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'll take on Yoshiko. You take on Nanai. So 
and then you had the whole thing with um Saya interjecting herself by being bold enough to get in the way of Yoshiko. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll get rid of the, we'll stop worrying about like the allegiances of um, our two factions and we're because it's now starting for ceiling and like let's say you come with me and we'll take on Nanai and her tag team uh, co-champion Arisa Nakajima. Like that's that's basically the whole story. So, so yeah, it makes more sense now. Like so, I I watched this match and uh, very tight, crisp work. Uh, it seems like Nanai and Arisa Nakajima took turns off little Saya's ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Momo was in there a little bit, but not like that much. She was trying right. to throw some kicks and all that, but this was like a demolition, demolition of little Saya, who I, I think we should call her Big Saya, actually. And then <laughs> the other Saya should be just Tall Saya. Well, so, okay. So, okay. I call little Saya and Big Saya because obviously one is 4'9", the other one is like 5'6"-ish or whatever well, else. So, like the big one. Right. So... I think actually over there in Japan in domestic fans they call Big Saya Tall Saya and they call Lil Saya Giant Saya. There we <laughs> so, go. That, that, so, that's the energy I'm on. So I don't know if you've peaked this yet, but if you ever hear Gory Chan, they're, like they're oh I'll wait till you finish drinking that water only you spit the shit out on the mic. So so um Ever since, like, they started calling her Giant Saya when they were doing the, um, the when they were that tag team in the tag league two year or in two thousand nine end of two thousand nineteen, um, they they start you know because she's gotten you know her physique has changed she's strong she's always been strong as fuck but now like the physique Mel matches how strong she already was already now she's even stronger so they now call her Gory Chan because because like they was like she's strong as a fucking gorilla so yeah so. So yeah, so like her nickname now is like Macho Gorilla Sayaida. So right. Gory Chan. So Big like yeah, so, so Giant Saya, whatever as you can call it. Look, you can call her. Look, yeah. So whatever, Giant Saya. That so that works. So if that's how you want to do, it, we can we can go. We can now move on to like how they call them uh, yeah. that too. So we can call her Giant Saya. So they whooped the shit out of Giant Saya. <laughs> Beat the piss out of her, dude. Like because the mat. The, the thing for me was um, watching the match. Keep in mind, this is my second uh, Seedland match um, in a long time. Like uh, I hadn't, because I, I we were talking about like I felt like I'm always behind. Like I was behind on Seedland. Like from June until Nanai's return, I hadn't watched a match. I watched Nanai's return match, and then I watched this match. Uh, so seeing Nanai grew hair back. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's been a year, over a year. Yeah. So anyway. You know, Momo and Giant Side, they come out to Momo's music. Then all of a sudden, like, Arissa and Anaya have this goofy music. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I was like, bro, they're coming out here. And, like, bro, I was like, this fucking killer. What is she doing? Like, bro, she's like. She's being goofy. Well, the thing is, she's not. And, and dancing and kicking. But, and just but the like, thing is, see, the thing is this. Nanai wrestles like a killer because she's you know she's five six or whatever else in like one forty so she's bigger than every, than the average Joshi nowadays right, but like she's not that's not actually her personality she's not actually a monster or she's not actually an Aja Kong or like that like her personality is she's a normal person that just beats everybody and is a great technical wrestler and like because like that's her style she just beats the piss out of people because she's wrestling people she's always bigger than normally like so like. 
her intro music is like her, she has great intro music. So does Arissa, right? Arissa's Nakajima's intro music sounds like some Swedish House Mafia early 2010s shit. So anyway, they have this shit is like sounds like some old timey singing and like they're you know they da- dance in the ring and they out here dancing and shit. And it's hilarious and like Nanai's ha- like she having a blast and it's goofy and then Stardomers they they jump them uh, at the bell. And Momo jumps Nanai, and, and Giant Saya jumps Arissa, and Arissa's like, I know damn well this little, this little ass girl didn't just jump me behind, and like, immediately after getting whooped, turns around and throws her ass out, out the ring, and like, it, it was just funny, because then like, Momo starts throwing, you know, a, a notorious kicker in the role of professional wrestling, starts throwing these mid-kicks to Nanai, and Nanai's no-selling them shits, and <laughs> it didn't, like... Gets her, t- backs her down in the corner, started whopping her in the chest with chops and shit, and then, like, gets Sai in there, and um, Marissa gets in there, and, you know, Giant Sai starts throwing, you know, forearms to the chest, multiple over, like, just heated ones repeatedly, like, boom, 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 to, to Arissa in the corner, and then Arissa just, like, comes forward, Sai keeps with the forearms, his one big one goes to the ropes, comes with a drop kick. Orissa sidesteps it, then just basically like hits one of them disrespect kicks while she was like trying to get up to her face, and then goes and gets Giant Saya, gets her to her feet, and fucking rocks her with like yeah. one of those one of those um, Minoru Suzuki uh, uh, for, uh, forearms, and it just staggers Giant Saya. She goes to the mat, she's wobbling around. You see her eyes rolling back of her head, and you can see Momo like in the background. Her face is like. Damn, she hit you so hard, <laughs> and then put yeah, it over yeah. even better. Like, <laughs> like you can see, like um, you know, sometimes when wrestlers throw the forms at people, it's like, oh, okay, they're they're exaggerating in right. a safe place or whatever. But this, this one was like, oh, you, you hit your little sibling a little too hard. Like that's what this was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was one of those where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> is it? Is did a shoot just break out? So, um. They see, so, like, the rest of the match is that, like, it's just, like, different moments of, um, those two just beating the living shit out of, out of Saya, and Saya, like, working underneath, getting back to her feet, and, and firing back with, with her, you know, she has great fire, firing back with big, with forearms and stuff, and she would get a whole spot here and there, and Momo would help her, like, there was a spot where, um, I think there was, yeah, Nanai hits a B-driver, and then Momo gets in the ring and then hits her, you know, the the running um, Meteora or whatever else. And it basically flips the the pin over um, onto Nanai's shoulder so Sai can get the pin uh, pin attempt. Oh, and there's also a spot where, like, Arissa, like, beats shit out of uh, Giant Saya <laughs> and, and gets, uh, gets her back to her. She gets back up to her knees. And, like, Arissa just rips back and hits one of those spinning back kicks and just takes drops, just takes her fucking head off. Um, so, yeah. b- basically, by the end of it, um, Nanai ends up hitting her big, her big splash finish. She ends up lifting uh, Giant Saya back up and then hitting her sh- uh, a short clothesline and pinning her. And it's like, yo, this was, this was a blast to watch. Great pacing. Like, that 20, 20 minutes flew by. You know, yeah, I joke with y'all or whatever else by like recording the times people get murdered in, in stardom or whatever else. Um, especially Giant Sag, she's great at, at selling. But 
like there were four different murderable moments where I could like gift it or made a video clip of it and send it to y'all and it, all in this like this one match alone of her just getting murdered. It was it was a it was a fan. I thought it was a great match. Uh, if yeah, <laughs> like you know, uh, Momo and I had had good very good moments when they were in the, in there and like you get the idea that like when they're gonna have that match like it's gonna be a lot of Momo trying to you know Drop fight down that tree. right with kicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, one one uh, other note on uh, their entrance. Um, so, like, it was so goofy. It was like, do you remember, like, the Malcolm X movie? Like, when Denzel and Spike Lee are, like, walking through Harlem and they got them, them clown suits on, like, and they're walking through the streets. Like, that's, like, the vibe I got. <laughs> they got they had them fucking clown suits on. <laughs> that's, that's what it felt like the entrance like the, the, oh. how happy they were and like you know the faces they were making the dance I'm like hold on this no this don't line up but yeah um, very physical uh, match yeah <laughs> okay so um, just to catch up on the stuff uh, we've we've um, I guess to catch up up to um, the shows we'll talk about next week uh, the Corgan Hall shows um they're starting off this seven, I think they're calling it a seven match trial series where basically like Unagi wrestles seven matches against singles matches against seven other people in stardom. Obviously, um, it started out, um, actually at the show where they had the last Mayu and Tam singles match. Um, she lost on the undercard of that match afterwards after, um, Tam says that like, Mike, we have to do this again after that draw. Um, she apologizes to Tam and says, "Like, I I got to get better or whatever else." And Tam said, "Well, you just got to get more, a lot more experience. You know, you haven't been wrestling as much as we have." So she suggests to, to like impromptu, impromptu, I guess I don't know. Like, let's do the seven match series idea. Um, and like Rossi is like, "I'll think about it." So then basically, like, it goes into motion where. Um, you have Tam and Unagi versus Julia, and I want to say it was Micah. It's actually undercard of the uh, the undercard of the of the thirtieth uh, show that of the January thirtieth show that had uh, um, my not my Momo versus uh, Shuri. Anyway, um, Julia is in the ring with Unagi, and she is beating the piss out of. Um, Unagi, no selling all of her offense and telling her to bring it more, basically having her fight underneath similar, you know, a less physical version of what uh, Arisa Nakajima and uh, Nanai were doing with um, Giant Saya. So, um, she's fighting back, fighting back, fighting back, fighting back, and ultimately, like, she ends up, uh, Julia at the end of the match, ends up slapping on the sleeper hold and choking her out, um, and they have to get the ref to pull Julia off. Um, Tam's pissed off, of course, that's what sets up like the first match of the series, Julia versus Unagi. Um, Julia, it, it match follows the same thing. It's a good match. Follows the same thing where Julia is no selling a lot of her offense. Ultimately, ends up beating her, but she ends up getting more hold spots in. Match goes longer. She doesn't have to rely. She's not relying on Tam to be able to do anything with uh, Julia. Shows shows some heart, but gets beat. So at the end of it, um, Julia gets on the mic and says, "You know what?" I can't believe I can, I'm saying it's been in a week. You've actually improved. Maybe like Tam's not that bad of a mentor, something like that. Right. So, um, Tam says, thank you for, you know, 
acknowledging the growth of Unagi. Um, and then Julia says, oh, that's it? That's that's all you got? So then basically, like, teases her about the white belt stuff. Because after the, their last match, Julia said, we have to do this again back in October, right? Oh. I was going to say, who, who's more tied to the idea of the white belt? Tessia Naito or Tam Nakano? Tam, because Tam is actually a legitimate mid-card that, mid-carder that is trying to elevate by winning the white belt. Whereas Cecilia Naito is the top merch person in the company, but because he is of his health and unreliability, you don't put him at the top. You pick Okada at the top more times than not. And then, yeah, it's like same thing with like, you know, um, Nakamura and um, uh, Tanahashi. It's like one person is more dependable. Go with a more dependable person, even if like the ceiling may potentially be higher with the other person because you can't, for some reason, you just can't trust that person as much. It's a weird thing. Um, so is an absolute cuck. <laughs> challenging for the Intercontinental title only. Watching Ibushi have sex with the IWGP title. <laughs> you sucker. And y'all LIJ folks are suckers. Y'all went through all this shit. This man gave out a free title shot. Amen. You know, and I'm going to come back and challenge for the white belt. Look, I, at the end of the day, it's where he belongs. That, that's my point. He has always been white belt material. He's always been white belt material. No knock against him. If you're white belt material, that means you can be. You should be the top champion in a number in almost every other uh, rest promotion. But there is a guy named Kazushka Okada that is in the way and is like also like six years younger than him. Sorry. Hey, I, I just have one question for LSJ fans. With all these open borders and open doors, and uh, you know. <laughs> the threat of this Omega Ibushi match that's, that seems to be out there. Like, how do y'all feel knowing that, like, Kenny Omega might win the IWGP title before Naito does again? <laughs> well, well what I would... That's that. <laughs> Now, the real thing is Naito needs to come over here. Oh, yeah? Eventually, yeah. I mean, you know, if you look if you look at their resumes for why Kenny Omega's in the Observer Hall of Fame already and Naito's not in yet, it's because like one has proven that he can that he has been a draw outside of his country or in multiple countries. We have not yet seen that from Naito, so Naito might want to get his ass on a plane eventually to help help his case. If if this is something he actually cares about, which you know tranqu- tranquilo, but he really does care. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, just, just, just want to leave the LIJ stands with that. You yeah. know, since, you know, I, I wasn't going to be on keeping a strong style this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Julia's like, well, you know, I said we we're going to do this again eventually. So, like, that's all you just want to say. Thank you for me saying compliments to your, to your rogue. Um, you, you don't want to do this again? It's like She's like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, you want to do this again. You got to put something up. And Tam's like, what? And Julia's like, well, um, I don't know if it's a translation thing, but it was something about um, you got to put up, uh, you know, a, a status of your of your uh, womanhood or whatever else, and then grabs her by the hair. And she's like, what do you mean? If you want to match, if you want a match for the white belt again, you will put your hair on the line. Um, and she's like, I'll give you to the next show to decide. So... 
Um, next show, um, they have a tag match, and it's Julia and not not Mike at this time. It's Natsupoi versus Tam in Unagi. They have a they have a good ass match, uh, like three three quarters maybe four, and ultimately ends up going, coming down to um, Natsupoi and Tam. And they and they, they follow on the storyline that they did where like Julie beats the shit out of Unagi. Um and she hurt her so bad that like Tam kinda was like, I'm kinda wrestling a handicap match here because she beat you up so bad that I have to go the distance. So she goes the distance, ends up going like the, the last like felt like eight, ten minutes with just Nasty Point Tam. Tam puts her away with the uh the uh Tiger Suplex, pins her and says, gets on the mic and says Look, you asked me at the last show if I was going to do this. Uh, be quite frank with you, I had already made up my mind. You know, I've told you this before. I'll chase you in. I'll I'll chase you into hell for this fucking belt. That's she said, not fucking belt, but she basically I'll cha- I will follow you to through hell for this belt. She said that. So um, she said, "All right, well." Julie's like, "Okay, well, let's do it." I, you know, and then she leaves, and then Tam was like, you know. I forgot what she said, but it was heartfelt, and that was that was the end of it. So, um, so when when so does Tam get the squiggly lines like Minoru Suzuki? Sorry, D- does Tam get the squiggly lines like Minoru Suzuki? Uh, if she loses, I would assume would be more like um, like the Matrix, like the resistance, <laughs> the underground resistance in the Matrix, just a full, just a just a basically like a one with no with no line. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you know, Tim Duncan style. Wow. Early Tim Duncan, like yeah. first wife Tim Duncan. Yeah. Wow. You no, know, you know Tim got bass now, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. He got a young boy haircut. He got a young boy haircut with gray in it. Um. Yeah. You know, you know he's not coaching anymore, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like last year, his last last season was when he was like, oh, "I'm done after this." Yeah, mm-hmm. he ba- so he basically like did it for like one or two years and was done. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So continuing on with the uh, with the Unagi thing, um, Unagi ended up wrestling later on a couple uh, the very last show before the quirk, and she ended up wrestling Azumi. It was a good match. Um, Azumi just she didn't carry anybody to anywhere. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 18, 18, just carry anybody anywhere. It's a very good match. Um, it's better than the uh, Julia match, but you know they were trying to have a good match, opposed to the storyline. Um, and then also what's going on uh, with the tag belts? Uh, Konami and B are the tag belts or the tag champions. They won them at the year end show when they when, when I think it was B. I think B pinned Saya. I can't remember, but it sent matter crying outside the ring. But um. So what they've been doing is they've had uh, Hameka and uh, Nasupoi as the uh, you, you'll catch a, a, a trend here when I mention like Donadomata Lusa and his Nasupoi who used to pin, um, but um, they were ta- they they are a tag team so they challenged for the tag belts. Um, I believe it was out in the same show as the uh, Shuri and Momo SWA ma- uh, match, and um, being Konami won. So, and they pinned Nasapoi. So, Hameki gets on the mic and was like, 
I want a rematch and I want a different DDM tag partner. That's <laughs> basically what she said. So she basically like, look, like, screw that. Like, you, you know you wrestled me with a pin. She didn't say that, but she's like, you wrestled me with a pin eater. Wrestled me with another person, one, one of the other three people in Donald Mana's fucking, as, as like, kayfabe good. Um, so, it's honestly, like, Nasty Boy, skill-wise, like, the second best wrestler in Donald Mana, or third, whatever. I mean, it depends on how you feel about Julia's, like, everyday work or whatever else. But, um, anyway, so, she, she pulls up Micah. So, um, on the Sunday show, um... They're gonna uh, they wrestled so we'll see what what that's like um in the next couple or over the week like what these ma- when these matches come in like the first match they put up was uh, Zumi and Shuri so I imagine that match was fantastic but um I'll I'll wait to watch it but yeah that's uh, that's pretty much all I got yeah man uh, so like it was short notice uh, so I did not prepare my five rap lies. Uh, this week, I was trying to look some up, but I, I could not stumble upon any. So I'm just gonna have to go in old fashioned style and just listen to a lot of music this week. <laughs> if I plan on getting some some good old fashioned things that sound like lies. Well, I mean, um, I mean, you know, Rick Ross is a good place to start. So yeah, yeah, I was I was thinking about like, who who really lies a lot. Like I, I definitely looked up Rick Ross. Uh, I looked up some T.I. songs just to see if I could catch them slipping. And oh, I, I do have a T.I. Like, off the top of my head, I thought about this. Like, there is a there's a T.I. Uh, line from um, given what's going on around him uh, lately. There is a great T.I. Uh, apparently a great T.I. line in the last verse of of, uh, of uh, Get Loose. Oh. Yeah, yeah. From that third verse. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. might have to uh, do more research on that, but um, yeah, uh, we did a um, show with Chad uh, Matthews as well as um, Sir Sam from WrestlingHeadlines.net over the weekend. I don't know when it's hitting the feeds uh, on the Doc Says podcast, but whenever we get that link, we'll promote it in our show links. Uh, we basically did a draft of like every uh, AW pay per view, uh, the matches on it. Uh, there were like certain rules we had to abide by and um, this is a very kind of interesting game uh, we all played and I'd be interested to see you know if you guys uh, you know who's the roster you guys like uh, or a set of matches you like most uh, on it so that was really fun to do yeah um, it definitely was a blast um, did he give you a date on that he did not say but I'd anticipate uh. it being out before revolution that would make sense. Otherwise, it'd be immediately dated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess it's in the show, right? Yep. Yep. We will holler at y'all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, be sure to read us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Uh, and tell the folks about the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Um, be sure to go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some social suplex podcast network merchandise and also listen to the other shows on the network. Um, keep it a strong style. The Rick and Clyde wrestling uh, show. Grumman washes shit. Uh, great match generator. Um, the great consequences. 8 bit suplex and all things leap. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 